0: Episode 122, the Christmas edition of Mitch Unfiltered. Boring. (laughs) Again? (laughs) Somebody tweeted me when they were up 20-3 to that they're just going to make it interesting so that Hotshot Scott doesn't fall asleep (laughs) in the game.
1: No, that was good. That wasn't boring. No, I'm just joking around. But it is the Christmas edition. It's nice to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, you you were saying boring about the game, or were you saying boring about Christmas? No, about the game. It's Christmas week, week, for God's sakes. How can I be more excited about Christmas (laughs) than you are? There's something wrong with that. I was looking at
1: Christmas ships in Tacoma last night, though, so I'm a big Christmas guy, apparently. Christmas ships? Yeah, it's it's a whole thing that goes on really yeah where my father-in-law he keeps his his boat that he lives on half the year yeah, down in Tacoma yeah there's like a parade of ships that go by all decorated with lights and snowmen and music oh, nice and yeah it was
0: really nice it was is a really it like cool a, thing. is it something that scheduled something that you have to go at a certain time and yeah is it going to continue on can we go it's like one day out of the year I think that's it yeah we've missed it you missed it the, Le- missed it. <laughs> the would love that Oh, yeah, it's, that's it's really right cool. up our That's right up our alley.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're on the boat, and we're hitting the horn, and we're waving. Oh, you're on
0: the boat. You can't go, like, and park your car and watch the boats go by.
1: No, you can probably. So, I don't know where oh. they start, but where oh. we were, they come down, turn around, and they like, yeah, was fun. It like that. She dug it. I think she liked the hot cocoa and the treats a little more than the actual boats, but, you know. Oh, I love it was fun. the boats. Yeah, it was nice. It was really cool. I'm, I'm just glad people are getting out and doing stuff and, you know trying to live as if a little bit and keep traditions alive well so. it's the christmas
0: edition this is it for christmas oh that's right christmas break i'm out of here see you man i don't know that we're going to be doing peace shows for christmas because we're due to to record one on christmas eve and then release it on christmas day yeah i don't see mitch unfiltered look at me i don't look like a christmas guy i don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't i don't i don't perform on christmas you know that's the that was the joke <laughs> at cage hair all those years oh i I need a break. That's I, right. <laughs>
1: I took every Jewish holiday off. You, I'll have you know, when I was at Cube ninety three. You know, it's kind
0: of a bittersweet thing because our holiday's over. The eight crazy nights oh, yeah. have come and they've gone, and now we've just got to sit on the sidelines yeah. and watch you guys all celebrate Christmas. That's it's right. a pain in the ass.
1: How was that? Was it crazy? Did you get anything good? Or are you not really? You don't really
0: want? Well, gifts I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't feel real good about the fact that we were celebrating. I didn't even consider that you guys weren't celebrating, that the other team wasn't celebrating why we were. Yeah. But I am all about the fact that we're on the sidelines now. <laughs> You're happy? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I want to go second. It's kind of like the showcase showdown. I don't, I don't oh, want to go first.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, yours is all already done, and yeah. now you just got to sit around and wait till New Year's. So the question... So you the, can do nothing again.
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So the first Christmas question I have... Yes. ...is... You're Trevor Lawrence, okay, and it looks like on Sunday your destination, your professional destination changed in one of the most unlikely results I want to say in years in sports, where have we seen an upset of this proportions on this level? Yeah, than the Jets at Owen 13 going to Los Angeles and beating the Rams as something like an an eighteen to one money line underdog, right? When have we seen we don't see that? And Trevor, and when that when that happened, when the when the, the final buzzer or gun sounded, Trevor Lawrence's professional destination may have changed. It went from New York to Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. How are you feeling? My first Christmas question is if you're Trevor Lawrence, <laughs> a Christmas question. do you care? Do you care whether <sighs> you go to Jacksonville or the Jets? Does one feel better than the other? Do you, uh, well, the school of thought are you happy about this? The school of thought
1: always was, well, you, you got to be in a, in a big market to promote yourself, but that's right. not really a thing anymore, right? Not I heard so your, right. your interview with uh, the Giannis interview with the yeah, guy from Yeah, Il- yeah. He kind of said the same thing. Like no, Giannis
0: did not need to go to L.A. or New sure York didn't. to make his money. He's doing right? okay, right? Yeah.
1: So I don't know if that's because everyone wants to go to right, New I'll York. Take
0: that, out, take that out of play. How about yeah. just where do you think you can win? Can you win either place? If you're na- if you're not Mark Brunel, can you win in Jacksonville? <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's the last guy. Who was our receiver? He always threw to every year. Keenan McCardle or uh, Jimmy he, Smith. Jimmy Smith every year in fantasy. Are you drafting Jimmy Smith? Yeah. I mean, weren't the Jags kind of good a couple years ago? Two, three years ago.
0: Jets have been good like 25
1: years ago. Yeah. I don't know
0: when Kenny O'Brien was the quarterback. Is there? I mean, yeah. I don't know.
1: Is there any scenario where New York that
0: sack exchange? They... Oh,
1: Clecko and Gastineau. Mark Gastineau.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Not Mike. Don't Lance be confused. Lance Mell. Yeah. And they had a, a running back, Freeman McNeil, maybe. Yeah. Number
0: 24.
1: Oh, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Before I answer your question, yeah. I think it, we have to have a round of applause. I know you're excited. Yes. For the Who am I,
0: a, Who the, am I the AFC East champion,
1: Buffalo Bills. I know you're... Ex- 25 years. I mean, that's got to be big for you. I, I know that... For
0: me? Well, what the hell are you talking the about? AFC East champion. I care about one thing. We beat Bill Belichick on Sunday. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay? Belichick came in. He makes rookie <laughs> quarterbacks look bad. Yeah. The Dolphins didn't have anybody. Didn't have Devontae Parker. Didn't have a lot of their defensive players. They're missing their top running back. Yeah. And we beat Bill Belichick to stay very much alive in the... Play. I'm not... Worried about the? In fact, in fact, if you really want to know, the fact that the Buffalo Bills won the division and now may not have anything to play for in the final week of the season in Buffalo, when a Dolphins team comes there, might might needing a win oh. to stay in the playoffs. All right, yeah.
2: There you yeah, go.
1: See yeah, the you bills, go. Jim Kelly. Oh, they, they say, "Hey, hey it's yeah. JB. <laughs> Isn't it weird how many you can name from that team and they never won it? That was oh, really Scotty some,
0: Norwood. Some good team. Bruce Smith, oh, yeah. Daryl Talley, oh, look Cor- at you. Cornelius. Are well, you showing off right now?
1: Well, it's all from Tecmo Bowl, the video game. Because I used to use them a lot on Tecmo Bowl. That's the only reason I know. But to answer your question, run and shoot. Who I'd rather? Who I'd. That's a, I don't know. That's uncle a, Marv
0: was the coach of that team, Uncle Marv Levy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Marv, your uncle, yes.
1: Is there any scenario where that pick gets traded? The Trevor Or is Trevor oh, Lawrence sure. that big a can't miss? Where
0: well, he could pull a, an Eli Manning or a John Elway, you know, these guys that yeah. decide, I'm, no, I'm not playing for Jacksonville. Don't draft me because I'm not going to play there. He could pull a power play like that. I don't know if it's in his nature to do that. Yeah. Either in Jacksonville, but... Well, so, let's let's
1: say he's he's he could willing. Force
0: his no, I don't see it.
1: No. You don't see any GM trading no, that pick. No. Okay. I mean, now
0: Carson Wentz no, is going to I'll ask Neuheisel. That'd be a good question for Neuheisel. I, I I can't imagine. I mean, he he's considered a can't can't miss franchise quarterback. Who's trading that? What are you getting? Are you going to get enough? For a can't-miss... I mean, have you watched yeah. the quarterback play in Jacksonville lately? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but... Fair. I don't know. Anyway, wait, what are we doing here? Yeah, I don't know. What the that's, hell? That's some teas. This is the Christmas edition tease. Yes, it is. All right. Holiday gift for Steve, Scott, and me. A little five-star rating, if you wouldn't mind, on Apple Podcasts. We want you to subscribe. Hit the little subscribe button. Yep. I think everybody listening has subscribed, but maybe, maybe not... Write a review. You know, we like these little reviews, and they work for us. There's an algorithm where our our podcast goes up the rankings, and it's seen by more people. Yep. If you are willing to give us a five star ranking and write a little review, like the last review that came flying in. All right. From Bend, Oregon, Duck. Oh boy. Came in on twelve eleven twenty. Okay. December 11th, 20, to the Apple podcast site. Everybody who goes to Apple will see this particular review from Bend, Oregon Duck, who writes, big fan since 2006. Okay. That was a great year. Oh, so great. Loved it. First discovered wow. Mitch during a sales trip to Seattle in 2006. I have two sons as well, but they are about six years younger than his. So I've enjoyed listening about being a dad and his opinions on sports. I have been listening since he launched episode one, and I feel they get better every week. The chemistry between hotshot Scott and Mitch is hilarious, and it's a great blend between sports and interesting current events. Definitely recommend giving it a shot. We are huge in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> I keep telling tell you, it, we gotta go. We gotta make Is a that trip. That's where the blockbuster That's was? the blockbuster.
1: <laughs> I hear there's good golf, courses. golf courses. Yeah, oh, yeah, the best. New-
0: well, Newheis was a member of a couple of them. He doesn't invite me. Some He's of keep the best. Telling them. Uh, anyway, also click play if you want to give us a gift. How about clicking play on any show of the 122 that we've done yep. that you haven't listened to? You're saying to yourself, now why? Why does he want us to do that? Believe you me. All you got to do is click play on a show. You don't even have to listen to yep. it. And it helps us, again, with the Apple algorithms, and it helps, it, helps, it makes the world go round. It's our ratings, essentially, right? I mean, essentially, yeah. yes. Yeah. So please, if, you, if you've missed a few shows here and there, how dare you? Right. And go click play as a holiday gift to Mitch, Scott, and Steve. Last week, by the way, if you missed it, I busted out a new Mitch's Melody to Rick Neuheisel, Making fun of his college football picks, did you hear it? I have not even seen you since, since I heard that. Yeah, you saw me for the P show, but I'm pretending you didn't. I got you. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> follow my lead here. <laughs> I, I just can't believe we haven't talked yeah. about that.
0: Well, we talked about it a little, a little bit, okay. but follow
1: gotcha. my lead yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. pretending we had it. Yeah. I, I was really impressed by the, the quality of it.
0: Honestly. I think I was too close to the mic. I want to have it back. You want the music a little a little hotter? No, than- no. I just want me away I just want me away from the mic. Not I could I could change the level of the music very easily. I just felt like when I listen to recordings of, of, of the greats... That's right, yes. <laughs> they, you don't hear them right on the mic. You hear them just a little bit huh. off the mic. I think you got a little bit of a P-pop in there, or whatever. But, oh. but I, I worked hard on that.
1: I, I can tell. And you put a little effects on your you mic. I liked that, didn't you? Uh, it sounded like Steve you Perry like doing Oh, <laughs> Sherry. I
0: mean, Are you yeah. going to do a P-episode on <laughs> That's me? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which so if you haven't heard me sing to Rick did you feel like he was shocked I, I tried to surprise him. Yeah. did you hear him go Ooh, yeah I did like <laughs> he loved
1: it yeah that was really funny I, I had no you know idea him, where you were do going you,
0: do you know the the history of Rick Neuheisel you it may not no. you might not be able to appreciate why I did what I did
1: I know he's a guy that plays guitar he's he like loves to do
0: parody songs
1: oh I didn't know that okay oh yeah
0: Loves to play the guitar, loves to sing. He'll go on the Dan Patrick show, and he'll do a parody of college football. Oh, okay. He'll go on literally the CBS pregame show for an SEC <laughs> game, and he'll start singing <laughs> a parody of, like, the rankings. He'll do the – he writes the rankings. Oh, okay. He did a thing for us, my first my first show back, doing a podcast. He likes to do that kind of stuff. All right. So I just figured, meatloaf, two out of three ain't
1: bad. Yeah. By the way, I was thinking about meatloaf. You were? were? were well, we were, – was he big when you were? I mean, because I feel like that he was more of an East Coast guy. Because on the West Coast, I don't really know many people who loved meatloaf. But I know he's big. He's, he's
0: huge, not just physically, but well, he was a big star. Were you a big fan? Or? I don't know. I wouldn't say I was a big fan. Okay, a couple of songs here and a couple of songs there. Because Bad Out of Hell sold a lot of copies. I don't remember him being a big, a huge mega star. Okay, but I might be. I might be. I might have been listening to Barry Manilow on a <laughs> track tape in <laughs> my car. That's true. At the time, so by the way, I, I looked really up
1: know. Barry Manilow's discography today. Well, okay.
0: How <laughs> are we doing this here in the team? Steve's like, come on, guys. For God's sakes, get to the show.
1: We got to get to Barry Manilow on a big day with the Seahawks. Went. He hasn't had a hit on the U.S. Hot 100 since 1983. Fine, he's older. But he I think he had 28 top 40 hits. Is that from, good? Oh, that's good. From 75 to 83, he had a lot of top 40 hits. More than I thought.
0: Worthy of a... Of a patron episode? Definitely worth. Hot Hotshot Scott patron episode? Definitely like, worthy. Maybe for my birthday in
1: April oh, or yeah. something? Maybe, maybe a gift from you to me? Maybe. Yeah.
3: Huh.
1: I just don't want to release it to the pay. I'll just release it to you. Okay. i say, here you go. Here's the link. Fair deal. Enjoy. Fair <laughs> deal.
0: Mitch unfiltered, uh, Mitch unfiltered, I should say, patron membership as a last-minute stuck at... Can I do that all over again? Shit, let me dump it. Hold on, go All right, go ahead. Mitch Unfiltered patron membership as a last-minute stocking stuffer this week. If you have a friend or a family member or a wife or a husband or a son who likes our shows and would like to hear the three or four that we do during the week that are just patron shows, $5 a month is all it costs, and you can get 11... You, you pay for 11 months in advance and get the twelfth month free. Love it. You, go, you don't get the Ginzu knives, though. Oh, yeah.
1: Not, you don't get those. No, no,
0: no. So... I I don't know, Mitch Unfiltered patron. I think it's a good Christmas gift for yourself. Maybe you just want to buy it for yourself for five bucks. Treat yourself, why not? We do three or four or five patron shows a week during football season. In between these Monday shows, I think you'll enjoy them, including Mr. P. Yeah. Including Mr. P. So you got that going for you.
1: By the way, I still have a knife that my mom bought me from like, it was one of the ninja, do you remember the commercial where the guy was cutting the boot? And yeah, then, I
0: think those are the Ginzu knives. It's one of them.
1: Oh, she yeah. bought it for or me.
0: sharpening, or sh- yeah. Oh, yeah. And
1: then there's one where he's cutting a tin can. This the infomercials. I loved it. I couldn't Fantastic. stop. One. And then he'd go from the tin can to a tomato, like it was nothing. Oh, God. I still have one of those knives. My mom bought me it a knife. Work? Still works. Awesome. Does
0: it work? It's well? crazy. I thought those. I thought. That, <laughs> so did really? I? Thought it was all just shit. Well, they, can you do me a favor? If they all work, can you just do me a huge favor? Yeah. Can you get me the tape that you can put a boat together with? <laughs> yes, I will. Oh, Flex Seal, I think it's called. I love it. That guy, something smart. Yeah. He's, so. a, he's a hell of a guy, and he starts putting things together uh, with tape. He's filling up holes and leaks. Crazy. And he built a boat with tapes. Uh, I, I need that tape. I, every time I go to
1: the fair, that's my favorite part. I love, I'm a sucker for all that infomercial bullshit. Our
0: chimney <laughs> fell down the other day. I'd like to use the tape. It did? T- I'd like to
1: use the tape. <laughs> yeah, it'll work. If you ask him, it'll work.
0: I mean, anything, anything you want to hold together, it'll work. You don't have to ask him. Watch him. He's unbelievable. <laughs> I know. He he actually got in the boat. He was in the back with the little motor, speeding around the lake with a, with a boat made out of tape. It was like glass, was, right? Like a glass oh, of plastic. It was, plastic. Fab- oh, it was yeah. fabulous.
1: So cool. Fabulous. Yeah, I love that stuff.
0: Did you know that Mitch Unfiltered is an international shindig before we get to the show and talk about the Seahawks and their playoffs? And by the way, I'm going to actually start the show with a brief Mr. P, because this is the, the nitty gritty of what Mr. Postseason and Mr. Playoffs does. I will start the show when we actually start it officially with a brief, clear synopsis. How do they win the West? How do they win the one seed? How do they win the two seed? Now they win the three seed. Gotcha. Okay. I will do that when we start. Okay. But did you know that Mitch Unfiltered is an international shindig? I did not. (laughs) Yeah. I got two for you just this week alone. Andrea Moroni writes, Hi, Mitch. I follow your show from Italy. Whoa. Started knowing you Uh thanks to your weekly calls with Bino Cook years ago, which I found so interesting and fun the way you two joked. I'm so sorry. My daughter's calling and I don't know why. She never. I'm sorry to
1: interrupt you. It's okay. Andrea
0: can be interrupted. Go ahead.
1: Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey.
0: Put it on speaker.
1: No, I'm doing the podcast. Is that okay with you? Oh. is mom at home? No, she's coming to you. Oopsies. Okay. Well, um. Hi, Piper. Um, oh hi. That's that's Mitch. Remember him? <laughs> okay. All right. Can I help you? No, no, no. Wait. Um.
0: Alex dropped off cookies. Dropped off wondering. Alex dropped off cookies, ladies and gentlemen. More important than Andrea Yeah
1: Yeah Well my, mom might be walking the dog I, I don't know I, I can't help you I'm at Mitch's house Okay sorry uh, It's okay Alright no. D- Anything else? Are we good? Nope w- nope, nope We're not nope, good? Or? No,
0: no It's a nope that every, that Nothing else
1: <laughs> Okay She's good Alright <laughs> Remember on Sunday nights I do the podcast with that guy Mitch I'm Hi coming. Piper Hi You remember him Yeah <laughs> guy with the big nose. Big schnoz. Christmas fan. I have to go, but whatever you do, don't Google him. Okay? I'll talk to you later. (laughs)
0: Bye-bye. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Bye. Thanks a
1: lot. Well, don't Google me either, for God's sake. Thanks a lot for that. Andrea, was that her name? Yeah.
0: Okay. No, it's not a her. Hi, Mitch. I follow your show from Italy, starting knowing you thanks to your weekly calls with Bino Cook years ago, which I found so interesting in a fun way that you two joked, now a loyal listener of your podcast, also a Seahawks fan. Happy holidays. Andrea, male name in Italy, smiley face. Gotcha. So he's like, he's not, he's not a transplant from Seattle. He's no, no, no. no. He's an an Italian fellow that loves the show. That's amazing. Nice work. Huge. Live show. Live show. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go to Italy.
1: We'll do a live show. Oh yeah, you are. (laughs) Without me. (laughs)
0: Oh, dear. Uh, Hey, hey, Mitch. Been a big fan for a while and gladly supported the comeback, but because times have gotten tough, I've had to cut out all extras and cancel my patron membership. I know just $5, but had to make some tough choices. That's why I wanted to thank you for unlocking this last Mr. P P and Tell the Tay podcast. Really enjoyed it, and I appreciate the laughs. Happy holidays to the entire Unfiltered team and families. Sign Bob, PS I live in Germany, so if you and the fam do make it over here, the last I could do, the last thing I could do is at the least I can do is buy you a beer equal to a month's patrons fee. That's nice. So I only get a five dollar beer. <laughs> <laughs> if it's six bucks, I gotta I gotta chip in one dollar. That's right. And a tip too. Yeah, so you maybe another Germany and Italy all this week. Listening in to Mitch Unfiltered. Who knew and you were an inter- you Piper. international sensation? Mitch Unfiltered? I love it. That's yep, great. That's me. Beat the Boys. Got to get rid of this business. Oh, yeah. Beat the Boys. Presented by Fireside Home Solutions. How'd you do this week? At the time of this recording, you're 2-0. With, I am 2-0. With a chance to win on a Sunday night with the Browns and the Giants. Correct. correct? Me too. Beat the Boys is presented by Fireside Home Solutions. Begin your, your search for a fireplace at FiresideHomeSolutions.com. Here are the three for next week. You want three games? Oh, yeah. Titans, Packers. Who do you like? Packers. Eagles, Cowboys. Who do you like?
1: Oof. Eagles. I play, uh, the Eagles stepping up a little bit. Now they got Jalen in there. I'm liking Eagles a little more. Rams, Seahawks. Oh, no, don't make us do this. <laughs> But I, I meant to ask you, what do you, like? you had the Jets-Seahawks as one of the games, right? I
0: did. Did anyone pick the Jets? I didn't check. You didn't I hope, check. Ah. I just hope the people forgot to pick. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was my thinking. Well, I picked... I'll catch a game up on everybody who forgets to pick. I picked
1: the Washington Football Club over the Seahawks, if you remember, last week. I did. I thought the Seahawks were going to lose. Oh,
0: I know that. It wasn't on the beat the ball. Bo- no, no, I know, yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying, oh, as yeah, far yeah, as my yeah.
1: opinion on the Seahawks yeah, goes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, had no,
0: you thought they were going to...
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. I can't answer that right now. I just can't. You need a code,
0: though, to get in. Yes, you do. Meatloaf. Is it really? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> nice. Type in the word Meatloaf where the code is for the Beat the Boys competition in weekend number 16 in the NFL. Okay? Now,
1: his name, is it one word? Forget the con His name, does he go by Meatloaf or is it Meatloaf? I think it's one word, but I don't know. I don't know either. It's
0: one word the, on the website. But okay. I, don't, I, don't
1: I never know. thought about that before. All right, Meatloaf, got it.
0: But I don't know. It could be two words. Yeah, it could you know. be. Who knows? Guests. Yes. Episode 122. Okay, so you know two of them. Guest two, guest two of the guests, Hotshot Scott. Brady Henderson. Talking about the Seahawks' victory, now close call victory over Washington on Sunday, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And who would be the other one? Rick Neuheisel. Rick Neuheisel will be here to talk about the Final Four college football. It's set. We knew what was coming. That's it's right. now here. We know the four teams. It might be a bore to some people, those four teams, because it's the same teams every year minus maybe <laughs> Notre Dame. Yeah. I don't know if Notre Dame's always in it, but it's the same Pretty much, you know the other three: Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama. Whatever. Gonna it, be, isn't it just going to be Clemson and Alabama yes. for the for the title? Does right? it
1: feel like they got the right four teams when there's a 19 point spread in one of the games? <laughs> that feel weird. <laughs> That's the best we could do. A nine. What is that? Alabama, Notre Dame, Notre Dame. Yeah,
0: 19 yeah. point yeah. spread is the Notre best Dame's we can not do. Good. Notre Dame's not very good. Yeah, when I was watching the, the- I almost nailed that score. I said to New Heisel, "35-10." It was 34-10. Nice almost one. one point off.
1: Nice one. Yeah. I was watching Alabama going, yeah, it's going to be Alabama Clemson again. Just Let's just cut to it. That's what it's going to be <laughs> once again and I'll sit and watch every second like everyone else and enjoy uh, it.
0: Oh, dear. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, we'll see. Okay. So that's two of the guests, right? Yep. The third guest. Yes. But in this case, the first guest, because he's going to be guest number one on our show. Gotcha. You probably don't know him by name. Okay? Okay. But since it's Christmas, and it's the Christmas week show, and we used to treat the Christmas week shows differently over on KJR when I did the morning show. We like to do something a little bit different, and here's what we're going to do. This guy, a Canadian-born singer, okay?
1: Well, it could be a lot, okay? It's a
0: Canadian-born singer. What? I already
1: know. Go on. How do you already know? I'm good. I'm just, I'm good at this stuff. I, I, I have it. I have it, but go ahead, explain. Well,
0: forget it. No, no, I'm excited. You're going to have him on. (laughs) Such a baby. I'm excited you're having him on. I'm glad you are. I was hopeful that you didn't know because I was going to do this this traumatic explanation of our our guest number one. Canadian-born singer. He started a Christian rock band in Canada. Okay. No one really knew of the band. They got into a van. They drove all around Canada looking for gigs and they drove all around the United States looking for gigs. And about 20 years ago, his life completely changed. Because people started saying to him, you sound like one of the greatest voice talents of all time, which he didn't really like at first. Sure. Most singers don't like Not, to be compared to anyone. No, they yeah. don't want to do that. No, no, no. I don't want to be him no, or her. I want to be, be me. me. That's
1: exactly right. Yeah.
0: So he kind of gave it the stiff arm for a while and continued trying to struggle together with this rock band, this Christian rock band of his buddies and his and his roommate and so forth. And he just kept on doing it, and as he did it, every time he went and performed, somebody would come up to him and say, you sound like such and such, (laughs) right? Yeah. Finally, he gave in. And let me just tell you, when he did give in, Mm -hmm. his entire life changed for the better. Once he embraced who he sounded like, he became something of a I don't know, Internet Phenom. Is 45 million views a Ooh, pretty good number? Not too bad. When he did this song in 2018 on YouTube, I think over 50 million people have watched this performance.
3: Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality. Look up to the skies and see
0: Very good. Hot shot. Air piano here. So this guy finally embraced it. That yep. he sounded like Freddie Mercury. It's and he, and pretty he, uncanny. And he did a competition that the original members of the Queen Band put on. Okay. He won. He made all the, the Queen member band of the band cry. They all shed tears wow. because he reminded them when they closed their eyes of their old friend. He then started a tour with their official Queen extravaganza band for years and years, and then he was chosen to do the voice work or do the musical work on the movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. His name is Mark Martell. I always
1: wondered if Rami Malek was doing the singing. He he looked kind of like him in the movie. I was like, he can't be
0: singing that. The best I can tell you is it's a secret. Okay. They don't like to tell. In fact, he's got an NDA – Mark Martel's not allowed to talk about how much of the movie he did. There's some discrepancy. People on Twitter were like, well, I heard he didn't do much, or some, and then I saw him on, an, on a different show. He says, I'm not allowed to tell you how much I did, but just listen, and maybe you can decide how much I did. Okay. He was on set for a long time. He's not allowed to talk about sure. how much Remy did. Is it Remy? Yeah. Well, how much Remy did, how much he did, how much of the original Freddie Mercury they brought wow. in and redid, but apparently he did a lot, even though he's not allowed to talk about it. And- I saw this performance that I just played for you, and I was blown away. (laughs) And I immediately reached out to his manager, and they were like, of course, yes. Yes, he'll come on, and he'll sing. Really? Yeah. I love it. I so can't he's, wait. he's on episode 120. He's the first guest out of the box, and he's going to sing two songs. He's going to sing one Queen song, and he's a big. And here's here's what kind of salted it away for me when I researched who is this guy Mark Martel from Mont- Montreal, Montreal, uh, Canada. Sure. I found out that he does a lot of Christmas music because he's uh, a Christian rock singer. Gotcha. So on top of the Queen, I figured, oh my God. This is a perfect week episode. Yeah. This is the Christmas edition. It's perfect. Let's get him to a Christmas song. So he's agreed to come on, tell us his story, sing a little bit for us here on episode 122. He
1: fought it there for a go. while, and then he just leaned into it. And What, what are you going to do? It. That's, it's weird because Freddie Mercury, on every list of the greatest rock singers of all time, Freddie Mercury's three, two, one. 2, um, depends on what list you look at, right? Yeah, you yeah. don't really hear anyone who sounds like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. He was such a unique talent. So it's kind of eerie to hear this guy in a way because you don't hear anyone who sounds like him. I mean even Adam Lambert who tours with Queen is yeah he doesn't sound like Freddie Mercury. He could sing, but this guy does. His tone, it's Freddie Mercury. Yeah. It's it's
0: I just it's incredible. And I think he's still singing as we to- as we talk. Let me just see. I think, I think he's still picking <laughs> okay, in the background.
3: Cool. <laughs> Too late my time is gone. Send shivers down my spine. Is aching all the time. Goodbye, everybody. I've got to go. Gotta leave you all behind and face the truth. He's
0: good, isn't it? He? It's good. Mama! He wouldn't do this for us. I asked. He said it's just too long of a song, too complicated. Yeah.
3: To silhouette to caramush, caramush, will you do the pretty good very,
1: very if i was lightning. blessed with that voice <sighs> and that ability to play i'd never stop showing off <laughs> i just i'd be the most insufferable a-hole on the planet anytime there's a piano uh, if you want me to i'll do one or two i would
0: never stop showing off if i had that mark martell brady henderson and rick neuheisel on the christmas edition before we begin episode 122, a few words from our partners like Evergreen Golf Call, tax advisors, certified financial planners, experienced portfolio managers, all working together to bring retirement planning, taxes, and investments under one roof. Sign up for an upcoming money workshop by visiting evergreengk.com. More than just a financial advisor, Evergreen is everything wealth. Happy holidays from our friends at Zeke's Pizza. Download the app, have a little Zeke's Pizza and Great Northwest beer delivered to your door in no time this holiday season. Last few times, I threw in a Zeke's Famous Chopped Salad. Hold the garbanzo beans. I love it. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown. In the Northwest, Daniel's broiler had so much success with their Thanksgiving Day dinner in your home. They're doing the same on Christmas Eve, a three course dinner, $70 for adults, children are 20 bucks, your choice of an entree, the filet, prime rib, salmon, ham with soup, salad, dessert. You can't beat it. Bring Daniel's broiler to you and make your home a world-class steakhouse in the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage. Yes, you're crazy not to take a close look at the interest rates you're paying on your home mortgage as families all over the country save boatloads of money by redoing their loans. But Jordan Flowers asked me if he could talk about some of their favorite charities on this episode 122. Instead, tis the giving season at the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage. Episode 122. 122 begins right now
4: unfiltered now that you know how they figure
0: up the 16 where are we coming up with the 17th the answer is you're going to play one more AFC team another interconference so a 5th AFC team Uh, obviously you play the one division it would be one team from the other three AFC divisions on a rotating basis that again finishes in the same place in the standings unfiltered oh you don't know about the hewer that's going to he's the prize pupil of the class he's the He's the, the the recruit. He's the five-star recruit of the oh. University of Washington. Yeah. The number one, like, pro-style quarterback in high school football. I think his father <laughs> went to Washington and threw a big interception down in Oregon. And I think his uncle used to throw off his back foot all the time. Mitch is unfiltered. <laughs> 122, Steve Dion is now like, okay, finally, it's underway. <laughs> Any more songs you want to play, guys? <laughs> they only did three podcasts <laughs> right. worth of a, of a tease, for God's sake. <laughs> right. So uh, Hawks win. It wasn't as lopsided as we thought it was going to be heading into the fourth quarter, but they win. Some people are discouraged. Oh, my God, they played terrible. I don't, I, don't, I don't like this win. Yeah. A win is a win. I think guys like you who thought that they were going to lose. Yep. Take this win, right? I'll they got a it. ten and four. Now they're they're atop the NFC West. Why? Because believe it or not, the New York Jets went uh, to Los Angeles and beat the Rams on Sunday by three points. Who saw that coming? And it's not even as if the Jets
1: played the Seahawks tough. And you can see them kind of getting better. The Seahawks blew them out like they, by a
0: billion. It looked like the Jets yeah. were just gonna mail it in. So does that mean that the Seahawks <laughs> are going to beat the Rams this week? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, Who knows? I don't know. Who? What does your buddy say about the, there's a reason the casinos are there or those big tall buildings? I mean, who can who can figure out the NFL?
0: No, nobody can figure out anybody yeah. who said they saw the Jets coming. <laughs> right? I don't know. So I thought, but before we talked about the, uh, I got like nine. Th- Nine thoughts, my nine, my my marvelous nine thoughts about the Seahawks win over the, uh, the Washington football team. I thought before we went there, because the world is now with two weeks to go, the Seahawks world, the 12s, everybody wants it. Okay, does this mean, everybody thinks that because the Jets beat the Rams, that's it, we're NFC West. <laughs> right. It do- doesn't quite work that way. And I want to know it, the Saints implications from the Saints losing as well, if that matters v- at all. Well, or- we've, got, we've gone through this. Now, yeah. patrons, any patrons that listen to Mr. P, we do a, a special podcast, which we'll do this week at some point with Mr. P. Uh, I'll just give you kind of a, uh, an abbreviated, kind of condensed, concise version of where the Seahawks sit as of now. Okay. okay? All right. First of all, they clinched... A playoff spot. That's what we know. They're ten and four with the win over Washington. They're definitely playing in the postseason again, which is go. always a good thing. Right?
1: And the Niners were eliminated on the same day if I'm not mistaken.
0: Okay, could be. Yes. It's a good day. Uh, that's always it's always a good it's thing when the Niners are day. out and the Seahawks are in. <laughs> right. uh, seeds, they can be the one, they can still be the two, they can still be the three, they can still be the five, they can still be the six, and they can still be the seven. So they've only oh. narrowed out what The only seed that the Seahawks cannot be <laughs> yeah, <it's four. laughs> is the four yeah. seed, which is reserved for the NFC East champ. That's but we correct. don't know. One, two, three, five, six, and seven, all still very much in play. It's a lot of range. A lot of range. Yeah. All right, how do they win the West? And how did the Jets win over the Rams help them? Well, it really didn't help them all that much, a little tiny bit. Okay. Okay. Here's how it helped them if the Seahawks beat the Rams. They're the NFC West champs. They do not have to beat the Cardinals, I mean, the uh, 49ers anymore at the end of the year to win the West.
1: Similar, it's the same math as if they would have lost to Washington – they could still win the division by That's winning right. out. That's okay.
0: why the Washington game didn't really matter all right. that much. And the Jets lost. Believe it or not, the Jets it, it, beating the Rams didn't matter ah. all that much either. Boy, I, I was, mean, it mattered. I was but sure not loving it for much. a game that didn't matter. <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Here would be the difference. If okay. the Rams had beaten the Jets like we thought that they were going to, the Seahawks would have had to have beaten the Rams and then either beat the Niners or the Rams lose on the last day to the Cardinals. Okay? okay. Now, as a result of the Jets beating the Rams, the Seahawks just need to beat the Rams, and they are the division champs. And there is a slight possibility that you could lose. You could lose to the Rams and still win the division. If you lost to the Rams, you beat the Niners, and then the Cardinals beat the uh, beat the uh, the Rams. You have
1: a better record. Than you
0: have me. a better record, okay. so you can still win the division. Outside chance if you lose to the Rams. But essentially, beat the Rams and you're in. Love it. And you're the NFC West champs, okay? Okay. Then you might still have to beat the Niners to improve your seeding amongst the champions, one, two, and three, right? Because we're still talking about the Saints and we're still talking about the Packers. Right. That's so, just
1: division talk. I mean, we get want to yeah. a better seed. You want a better seed,
0: right? Okay. So here's, I'm going to make it as simple as I possibly can. I'm going to do this in as least amount of words as possible, and then we'll do the, the full-blown Mr. Playoffs, the reasons why, the tiebreakers on our P show that comes up this week. Okay, okay, I'll try to do it. Number one seed, Seahawks win out, which are two games, Rams and 49ers, and both the Packers and Saints lose... The Packers lose to the Bears. They're going to play the Titans this week. The Packers lose, have to lose to the Bears. Because they're an NFC team. On the final week of the season. And the Saints lose to either the Panthers or the Vikings in the final two weeks. Okay. If those things happen, Seahawks win both, Packers lose on the final week to the Bears, and the Saints lose to either the Panthers and the Vikings, the Seahawks are the number one seed in the NFC with a bye in the first round of the playoffs. That last and home field all the way
1: through could be a blast. That last that last Sunday could be so fun if we could get there. Yes, you got to get there first, but yeah, that could be fun. I mean, watching that that Packer game and oh, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that's right. So I'm glad that the number one seed's still available,
0: which means that if the Seahawks beat the Rams this coming Sunday, the the number one seed will still be officially available no matter what in the final week of the season to the Seahawks. It's good to know. I mean, they might need three things to happen them winning and the other two teams losing, they might need two things to happen, them winning and and the the Packers losing. But if they beat the Rams, the number one seed will be in play for the Seahawks in Week 17. Got it? Got it. Number two seed is very simply the same thing that I just said. Seahawks win the Final Two, and either the Saints lose to one of the two NFC teams their final two weeks, or the Packers lose to the Bears in the final week of the season. If one of those two things happen and the Seahawks win their last two games, they're the 2 seed, no buy. Yeah. but they'll play the seven, and they'll be home all the way through the playoffs until they have to play, if they ever have to play, the number one seed. Got gotcha. you. Got it? Yep. Number three seed, win out, or just win the division, and none of those other things happen. So in other words— If they win this week against the Rams, they've won the NFC West. Yeah. They cannot be the four seed. At that point, if they just they could either lose to the Niners or if the other two teams don't help out by losing, they're the three seed either way. Gotcha. Okay. They can they can do no
1: worse than three if they beat the Rams. Okay. That probably seems like the more likely scenario, if you think about it right. Or no. I mean, Well I guess with the Jets winning, it just kind of throws everything out, but the (laughs)
0: first question is are you gonna even beat the Rams?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Is it, uh, yeah. is, it, is it good that the Rams lost because it shows weakness in them? Or are they going to be pissed off? It could go either way, you know?
0: Well, I'm going to toss one last thing at you that's a little bit of a curveball that no one has really written or discussed up until now. Mr. Playoffs right here on the Christmas edition with Mark Martel coming. Yes. Okay? Is going to tell you something you've not read or heard yet. This is going to be the first time you've heard it. Breaking. Okay? And this is important. Okay. Because there's a lot of people out there that are going, we'd rather be the five. We'd rather be the five. We yeah. want to play at Washington. We want to play at Giants. We want to play a lot of people. We don't want to host the Cardinals. We don't want to host the Vikings. We don't want to host the Rams at number three. They could They could be hosting the Rams at number three. Yeah. You just You just yourself just said, it, it's most likely that they're going to be the three. Well, then the very, very possibly the Rams could be the six. Right. right? Possibly. Here's what happened on Sunday. It's becoming less and less and less likely that the Seahawks can get the five seed. Okay. It looks like the Seahawks are either going to be the three, two, or one, or they're going to be the six. All right. That's what it looks like. And I'm going to tell you why. Because what's the most reasonable route to them not winning the division? What, what's going to happen if they don't win the division? Why wouldn't they win the division? Well, they'd lose to the Rams. Done. Yeah. Stop there. Yeah. When they lose to the Rams, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers control the five-seed tiebreakers. Oh. So if the Bucs, who play the Lions and the Falcons the final two games of the season, if the Bucks win those two okay. and you lose to the Rams— and you don't win the NFC West, the Bucks pass you for fifth, and you end up sixth, probably playing the Rams, oh. number three in the first round of the playoffs. Gotcha. So for all the people, and this is the I, I don't I I truly have not heard anybody talk about this yet. It's probably going to gain a little momentum. You're going to start here here for all the people that think oh well, let's just be the five let's just be the five. Once you lose to the Rams, you're going to lead. You're going to need the Bucks to be upset in the final two weeks of the season huh. for you even to be able to get the five. So right now, I'm telling you, it looks like three, two or one, three, probably three yeah. or two, uh, or six.
1: You said the Bucks hold the tiebreaker? Yes. Can you explain what those are? Yes. Do okay. you want me
0: to do it now you want me to do it in the, in the Patriots? Oh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, no one's going to want to pay the five bucks. <laughs> okay, the guy sorry. in Germany not going to want to pay the five <laughs> trying bucks. Trying to ask a so I'll do it. To I'll do it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty simple. If the Buccaneers win their last two against two bad teams, the Lions and Falcons, they finish 11-5. Okay. If the Seahawks lose to the Rams and beat the Niners, they finish 11-5. Yep. They both would have, in that scenario, the exact same conference record. They have not played each other. Correct. They would have the same conference record. And then it would come to common opponents. And common opponents, there are four, would be the Falcons, Giants, Vikings, and Rams. Well, in that scenario, the Bucs have beaten... The Falcons swept them 2 and 0, beat the Giants 3 and 0, lost to the Rams 3 and 1 and beat the Vikings 4 and 1. In that scenario, the Seahawks would have lost to the Giants once, the Rams twice, that's oh. 3 losses yeah. okay. and beaten and beating the uh, the Falcons and the Vikings, they'd be two and three in the common opponents, and Tampa Bay would be four and one in the common opponents. Tell me who the Bucks have in their last two again? The Lions, the Lions and the Falcons. The Falcons they played on Sunday and beat them. Had to come back and beat them, but they beat them. They play the Lions and Falcons.
1: Okay, you just said earlier the Bucks swept the Falcons, so maybe you made a mistake. I'm no, just
0: I said in this scenario, in the that Bucks, scenario, they I will see. have swept they, the. Remember, we're gotcha. talking about they win the last two and the Seahawks lose to the Rams. They gotcha. will have swept, and it won't matter because the. It's two games difference because the Seahawks have lost 3 right, games right. in those common opponents. So, okay. so there so I, I don't know if I lost Did I lose anybody. Nope. So, the 5th seed has actually become it, it, because if you beat the Rams, you're going to probably you're going to win the division. You're not going to be the 5th seed. Right. And if you lose to the Rams, then you fall behind the Bucks for the 5th seed if they continue to win, so you go down to 6. So you're saying there's something riding on the Bucks or on the Rams Seahawks game on lot, Sunday. Is that what you're riding. saying? A little, a little something going on there? It, it, the nightmare for the Seahawks fans, to just conclude this and then we'll get to the game, the, the nightmare for the Seahawks fans is it almost feel, starting to feel like they're going to play the Rams in the first round no matter what. Yeah. Because you win the division, you end up the three, and they end up the six. You lose the division, you end up the six, and they end up the three. Yep. And nobody, if there's one team you don't want to yep. play in the first round, it's, it's the Rams, That's right? some reward for making the playoffs. The first round against Aaron Donald. Sounds fun. I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion. I'm yeah. just saying at this stage of the game, if you said, Mitch, you got to put a lot of money on it right now, who they're going to play in the first round. Well, it's not over 50-50, I don't think, but it, there's a much better percent chance that they're going to play the Rams in the first round than anybody else in the, yeah. in the postseason.
1: Yay, lucky Seahawks. Sounds fun in the first round.
0: You want to go first on the washing, on the win? I mean, the, for you, it was a surprising win. For me, it was exactly kind of what I thought was going to happen. I want so to throw. you want to go first? Yeah, just, we've talked in the past mm. about sometimes you like to find up one play that may not be a big play, but. Love the, it. Yeah. It's my favorite thing to do. You circle a play and you come back to it at the end of the game and go, you may not remember this play, but now let me tell you about this play. Yeah,
1: yeah. but I think you'll definitely remember it, but I really think it changed the game for the Seahawks. The in fourth, a good way or in a bad in way? In a bad way.
0: Oh, in a bad way.
1: That fourth and one on the 50 that they didn't go for, where Pete punted. Yeah. They were up 20 to three. The Washington could do nothing. And it just it felt like if they could just get
0: that one yard. Yeah, they just... but it also felt like. Because five series later, it's a five point game. Yeah, there's no question. But yeah. it also felt like at the time. You got to go back to the time. Okay. You're using a lot of 2020 hindsight. You're using a lot of hindsight. At the time, there was just no way in your mind that Washington could do anything offensively against the Seahawks. Offensively against the Seahawks. The Seahawks' defense were just – they couldn't even get a, hardly get a first down. Yeah. So why are we going to give them the ball potentially against that good defense? If we try to run it to Chris Carson and Chase Young or Montez Sweater, Jonathan Allen, somebody clogs it up, and we, we're we going to give them the ball at the 50-yard line, do we want to risk giving them the ball at the 50? Why not we just pin them back, and they can't get out of their own way? So, I, yeah, I, I hear yeah. you now, but at the time I just felt like, okay – Washington can't do anything against with that offense and Dwayne Haskins. uh, Now, as it turns out, I was wrong. They can. Oh yeah, and they did.
1: But if if Washington can't do anything on offense, then why do we care if we give it to them at the fifty? To me, it makes more sense because
0: you make them go to the length of the field. Yeah, yeah. I guess. they need a couple of touchdowns. It just felt like right after that fourth and one, just bam, bam, bam. bam. So maybe I I don't know. Hindsight, a little twenty twenty. Okay, fair enough. But I guess if you go back to that, did you were you were you upset before? When they punted were you upset at the time i I don't know if I was really upset, but I was like, I think
1: he could go for this It's a bad team it's one yard i mean you' you're rolling just okay. keep but then after they went after they made it a five point game, I looked back on oh, it and was like, eh, yeah that's one I wish they, they could have had back right. is FedEx the worst field of all time as it's far a as a bad bad field is that the same field that almost killed Robert yeah, Griffin yeah yeah
0: I, the guy's out there his knees bending this way yeah. We've been talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bad field. It's, it's, it's much improved, apparently. They've changed it up oh. a little bit, but no, it's, it's a bad field. The same field that took out like yeah. five Niners. I was not this happy season. seeing uh, Penny out there.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, well wait, wait. Why weren't you happy with that? I, I just
0: mean... didn't want him on that field in his comeback game.
1: Oh, got a big you. Injury. Coming off the injury. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I was just waiting. I mean, DJ Dallas, I don't know how he got hurt. But yeah, out for was, the year.
0: Yeah, that was bad. I mean,
1: it's like, can, can this is the NFL. It's a lot of money. Can we get the field fixed? How many years do we have to watch Don't this know. nonsense? If they were
0: to he host... wants to build a new stadium. <laughs> he doesn't like his field. He wants to build a new stadium. <laughs> if they host a playoff game, it's going to be awful. Yeah. like They've, it hosted, they've hosted playoff games on that field, I'm yeah. sure. Well, they hosted
1: the Seahawks with Robert Griffin and Russell there you, Wilson. Yeah. And there you go. Where he almost you know, almost, yeah. almost took him out for, for right. life. He That's hasn't right. been the same since that game, actually. <laughs> That's true. God, that That's field true. just annoys the crap out of me. That's
0: absolutely true. All
1: right, the the... The run game, it was pretty evenly spread. As I look, it was like sixty-three, sixty, and Russell had like fifty something. Yeah. But one hundred and eighty yards by committee. How, did Chris Carson look like Chris Carson to you? And if he did, why didn't why didn't he get it more? Or was it just sort of the way the game went? You think? Because he looked good to me the first.
0: Oh, he looks fir- great every time they right, give him a ball. So because they're being careful. They're. You think they're still being careful being, with him? Of course they are. Either he can play or he can't. I, I, they're being careful. They want him for week one of the postseason. You remember last year how you felt going into the, the postseason without him after he had hurt himself against the Cardinals? Oh, that Cardinals
1: game was awful.
0: Yeah. They want to keep him, my favorite word, spry. Okay. And he looks great. I think he looks great. I think he looks great.
1: He looks so good to me. But how
0: did, how did Carlos Hyde look when he broke out of there for 50 yards and a touchdown to send us the taco time? That's right. Taco time, baby. <laughs> Buy one, get one free at all Taco Time Northwest locations. Put down, uh, make sure you uh, make sure you download the app. You got to pay off the yes. app. But yes, we are all going on Tuesday to Taco Time for a buy one, get one free taco. Thanks to a 50-yard scamper by Carlos Hyde. Absolutely. My, my point was the O-line looked like
1: it was blowing some nice holes open, which I was surprised about. Because I was yeah. scared of that front four. The O-line looked good to you as well? Well,
0: it's on my list. Oh, it is. Okay. I'm not going to respond. Okay. Okay. fine. If I respond, then you're then I'm it's, I'm going to be repetitive on my list. Fine. Speaking of O-line, I've got my marvelous nine.
1: I think I'm ready for Mike Ayapati. Nuclear nine. I'm ready for Mike Ayapati to call it a career. Oh, I yeah. love the guy. He's a warrior. He's as tough
0: as they come. Why? Because he got hurt his neck. Because he's, he hurt his neck. I mean, every year, the guy. I mean, come on, man. Well, you, he's an old man. That's what I'm saying. It you might, try going out there and doing. that. It might be time. You to, try playing on that field with it that footing. Your be neck time to hurts call when it you a play career, on that dude. field, dude. I mean, yeah, at some point you're going to want to walk. This is probably the last year. Okay. All right. hurt his neck. They like him. Like, you uh, don't want him to go bye bye now. I don't. Right. I don't know how serious the neck injury is, but uh, not now, but next year. I, I, I don't. I mean, I think it was touch and go that he was going to be on the field this year. Yeah, yeah. So I think of, that he'll, he'll probably retire.
1: I just got done year. telling you for the past two weeks. I love DJ Reed on the punt returns <sighs> because he, he does the list. he does the oh it's, okay the unwritten rule I've told you on part you get one move maybe two. I saw him take one to the outside, get caught from... Of course, you can't take a punt return the first wide. First one, he went up the middle. He did. Next one, he went, he went wide. And he fumbled one. Then he bobbled one, Right, got it back. But then he kind of redeemed himself with an interception. So I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a fan. I still like him. Oh, I'm... But the...
0: I'm all in on DJ <laughs> okay, Reed. Okay, all
1: right. We'll, keep, we'll, we'll get there.
0: There's a, new, there's a new expression that we have here in the household. <laughs> yeah? It goes like this. Go away, Trey. <laughs> Go away, Trey. I can get on board Go with that.
5: Go
1: away, Trey. <laughs> Was he not playing for injury? Is yeah, he still yeah, hurt? He's hurt? Yeah, not coach's yeah. decision or anything oh, like I love that. I
0: myself some DJ Reed.
1: Oh, he looks fast to me. Oh my God.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm loving him oh, too. Oh my
0: God. And yes. Then before we get please, to, Jam- more DJ Reed, Jamal on that sack. Yeah. He was so fast. Like a like oh. what would they say shot out of a cannon on the broadcast? Oh That's yeah. not a slow quarterback he's no, chasing. No, no, well, I don't know. Yeah, he's not slow. He's not slow. Ain't Tom Brady out that there. That guy came out of nowhere Ooh. and fast. Man. That, and then he went right to the locker room.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. He sure did, didn't he? I was thinking, God, here we go again. Can, people just go number two before the game, please, and quit doing it during. Oh, man. And then he had that, that third and four stop oh. in the third quarter. That third and four stop on the third. It was just so – He he's had so a great Im- game. He's on my list. So impressive to me. All right, go. Let's, let's get to you. Well, I can
0: skip by about 12 of them now. <laughs> 12 out of the nine. Uh, number one – Three huge plays by defensive linemen down the stretch to save the game. You didn't mention that. I have it on Alton Robinson around the edge, strip sack. Somehow they got a first down. We'll talk about how they did get a first down after that. Carlos Dunlap with a bull rush to knock the guy down and and set up a long yardage. And then Mayoa got free on the last, last play. So did, I think, Green. The defensive line, who went to sleep there in the fourth quarter for a while, Came up large to yep. save the game. That's item number one on my marvelous nine. How's that Dunlap trade looking, by the way? Still looks good. Pretty, pretty good? I like him. Yeah. I like him. He, had the- he seems to come through in a big moment. He kind of waits, waits, <laughs> waits, waits. <laughs> yeah. And then when the game is on the line, he comes through with a big sack. That's exactly right. He's had two of those this year. The two he game sure winner sacks. He so yeah, sure has. Love that trade. Sure has. Yep. Number two, the story of the game, there's no question... And it's getting lost in the shuffle what the story of the game is. Okay, when you consider what the story of the game was going into the game, what did we talk about all week? What did we talk about? Why was this game scary all week? What did we talk about? We were talking about being able to run the ball. Uh, We talked about the Washington front four. Oh yeah, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen. The Washington front four was going to be the best overall front four that they saw all year. Aaron Donald's great but this might be the best four guys. Sure. They are tough. The offensive line, what happens if they don't have Brandon Shell? They didn't have Brandon Schell. Yeah. The number one storyline of this game is simple. The offensive line were studs. Let me tell you how great they were. Okay. Russell Wilson sacked zero times. Russell Wilson hit three times all day. They had 181 yards rushing on seven yards per carry. That was the offensive line. Montez Sweat's going to the Pro Bowl. One tackle, no sacks. One quarterback hit against Cedric Obwehi. Right. The third stringer just controlled Montez Sweat, who's going to the Pro Bowl. Chase Young, the all-world sensational rookie, Three tackles, no sacks, no quarterback hits against Dwayne Brown, who swallowed him up all game. Jonathan Allen, the Alabama defensive tackle, who's going to the Pro Bowl. Uh, uh, they're all going <laughs> to the Fine, Pro go Bowl. Go with it. You're on a maybe roll. At least for now. They're going, <laughs> yeah. they're going to the Pro Bowl. He did zero. He had one tackle the whole game. Wow. The story of this game was the offensive line's performance with a third-string right tackle against the the, the the unit that we feared the most. Yep. The defensive line of the Washington football team. Okay. That yeah, was impressive. There you go. No, I, I
1: saw some big holes, and I was, I was loving it.
0: Let's see. Number four, Jamal Adams. You talked about him. Nine tackles. He had a sack for nine and a half. He had a quarterback hit. Is he going to make any money this next offseason? Yeah, no kidding. Would you like to be his agent? Yeah, so- sounds Even good. Even though he can't cover anybody? At least that's what they say. That's what Joe fan <laughs> that's says. That's
1: what Joe Fan says, yes.
0: <laughs> Number five, the call on K.J. Wright to give the Washington team a first down in that last drive.
1: Oh, yeah. Can that, we talk about that? That hit? Yeah. You like that call? You don't have to talk to me about the the refs and the calls, and I, I'm not. And I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, it's, it's not football anymore. Just give them flags. There's a lot of that, you know. They yeah. can't hit anybody, but at some point, just okay. Because it's a hard hit doesn't mean it's a it's a penalty.
0: I, I don't even think it was a hard hit. Mm. I'm going to argue with you that okay. it wasn't even a hard hit. All right. Okay. Here's what happened. The receiver caught the ball. He, the t- receiver took at least one and maybe two steps, and then ducked, put his head down. Yeah. Okay. The defender is standing there, number 50, okay? Yep. K.J. Wright, number 50, standing there. He doesn't lower his shoulder. He doesn't go head-to-head. He essentially puts his arm out. Yeah. All he did was kind of put his arm – Is he, what, what, what? and they give him a first down in the most crucial moment of the game that could have caused the Seahawks the victory. That was a horseshit call. Oh, yeah. It's a horseshit call. It was. Let's try it. It's a horseshit call. No oh, one's in the a, house. That's a horseshit, that's horseshit call. It's horseshit. You know what horseshit right. baseball means? That's number five. <laughs> okay. Not gonna log like it. Uh, I get tired of watching to the players. Uh, DJ Reed, you already yeah. have. love him, just love. him. Just speed on. Let me speed, try it one more it? time. Go away, Trey. Go away, Trey. <laughs> Poor guy's hurt, and we're yelling for him to go away. DK scared me on that. Uh, on that near. Ca- on that. That, he comes that, up holding his leg. I'm I, like, here we go. I, I wasn't sure whether he broke his right leg, his left ankle, or both of them. It was awkward. And wasn't my it? thought was I would have been in a body cast after a, a <laughs> moment. Mo- mo- <laughs> right. Mo- move I know. Day. How he came back a couple of plays later, I don't Ooh. know how he did it. Yeah. Scared the living daylights out of me. Yep. All right. I've got a sleeper MVP as my number eight. My number nine is Taco Time. My okay. number eight is a sleeper MVP. You want a sleeper MVP? Sure. I'll give you five guesses. I've got a guy who, when I describe his day on Sunday against Washington, when I describe it, you're going to go, yep. You're going to agree with me 100%. Everybody listening is going to go, yeah, that's true. He was great. And yet, when I ask you to project who I'm going to say, you'll never come up with it. All right. (laughs) Ugo Amadi. You just wanted to say that name. I sure did. (laughs) 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 (inaudible) Jaron Reed. Are you ready? No one's jumping out. This man punted the ball four times. <laughs> okay. His average net yards were 51 yards. Trick question, but go ahead, yes. Not a trick question. All right. Fifty-one yards. Hear me out on this. He he punted four times. The, the other team tried to return two of them for a grand total of one return yard <laughs> and the four starting positions after the 51-52 yard net average, the four starting positions after he punted, the four yard line, the 10 yard line, the four yard line, and the 14 yard line. Now, before you laugh at me, remember what was going on in the game. The Washington offense could not get out of its own way. You yeah. were controlling the game on the defensive side. For a punter to get four shots early in the game or three or four shots early in the game and pin that team to the four twice and to the 10 once and the, on 52-yard net averages, not, you know the difference between net and gross, right? Yep. All right. Yeah, I've had a paycheck before, yes. Okay. <laughs> Believe it or not, at one point in my life. Michael Dixon. Yeah. sleeper MVP to not allow the Washington offense to get started. They ne- they couldn't get started partly because they were always starting in the shadow of their own goal line. There you go. That's my number eight,
1: nine or eight or whatever. That Weren't was. you just complaining about hearing, having to hear about how great Michael – dixon is or no, whatever was the podcast <laughs> okay so you have moved on No,
0: i don't know i like michael dixon
1: if i have to hear one more time about don't know, how great i do know that i said, blah, said that. Blah, blah.
0: i don't know that i ever said it like that all right kind of. No, like no. i don't disagree with you but yeah yeah no, he's look the beast. I, I'm, I'm looking i am looking at the game on sunday okay yep. even if i did do that which i don't know that i did that i've always liked michael dixon i don't know that i ever was I, I, I don't know that I ever thought he was the phenom that everybody else did, but okay. I always liked him. I'm, but but throw all that out the window. Yeah, I'm I'm taking a, I'm looking at one three-hour block at 10 a.m. Pacific time last Sunday, and for my money, no matter whether he's a good punter or not a good punter, he was unbelievably important in the first half of that game on Sunday. That's what I'm saying, yep. Scott. That's, I'm, I'm it's with the you. Christmas edition. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I'm with you. Tuesday's a taco time. Thanks to the 50-yard running touchdown, the scampering touchdown. It was beautiful. Loved it. I was just, I was thinking chicken. I was chicken crisp. I was going to go <laughs> fish. I was, I was ready oh. to run out the, I was ready to run out the door to get a fish taco right then and there instead when of a Carlos High did I it. think
1: instead of light ranch, you could maybe a little heavy ranch this time. No, no, I mean, no, no. Go crazy. No, no, no. Go no. No, no. I right. don't like it with heavy ranch. It's uh, not because
0: right. it's a. I don't like it with heavy ranch. I like it with light ranch. All
1: right, fine. <laughs> I thought maybe you couldn't afford all ta- it. So, you know, this time all you Taco
0: Time <laughs> Northwest locations, download the Taco Time app. Make sure you order ahead and your, and your meal will be waiting for you at the door. And on this Tuesday, for lunch or for dinner or for wherever, whenever you want to go, a free taco on the house. Buy one, get one free. Thanks to another rushing touchdown, this time from Carlos Hyde i've got three guests you do including mark martell who's gonna sing to us love it do i need to remind you who he is sure why don't you remind us not to be
1: confused with for our wrestling fans rick martell also from canada maybe they're related not rick martell this is mark martell
3: can't do this to me baby just gotta get out. just gotta get right
0: back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Great partner. When you think of a financial advisory firm, Tyler, stocks and bonds advice and investments immediately come to everybody's mind. But Evergreen does for clients, it goes way beyond that, right? Talk to us about that.
5: Yeah. I mean, I think when people think about wealth management or a financial advisor, they think about stocks and bonds and those types of things. But really, That's kind of in the ninth inning. You know, people have a lot of life events that lead up to the point where they have wealth that needs to be managed. So whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're selling a business, whether they're considering selling a business, whether they're inheriting money, there's a whole bunch of life events that go on prior to actually managing the money. And we help people navigate those challenges far before they're actually, the money's in their hands.
0: Tax accounting and prep is now a layer also of Evergreen Golf Call, correct?
5: Correct, Mitch. On July 1st, we closed on Sterling Cooter. So we now have a tax advisory component to our firm. So clients don't have to play quarterback in between their financial advisor and their CPA and making sure all the documents go back and forth. We just handle it for them. So for Mitch
0: Unfiltered listeners to find out more about Evergreen Golf Call, they've heard about you for years now on our on our podcast start with the website start with the newsletter
5: yeah they can go to the website and read the newsletter that gives them a little bit of uh, insight into how we think and then there's also a, a client uh, compatibility survey that, that kind of helps us identify who might be a good fit for us
0: evergreen golf call and tyler hay and the whole crew with offices along the west coast it's terrific to have them be a partner of mitch unfiltered more than just a financial advisor evergreen is everything wealth
4: unfiltered
3: I don't want a lot for Christmas. There's just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree.
0: Episode 122, Mitch Unfiltered, the holidays are here. I love this time of year. Let's do some wandering away from sports and football. All we talk about is football. Okay, in 1999, our next guest formed a band with some buddies in Canada called Down Here, and then he moved to Nashville, Tennessee. He became an internet phenom, all told, more than 20 albums, including some tremendous Christmas efforts. He's amazed millions with his likeness to Freddie Mercury of Queen, so much so that he toured in the extravaganza and was chosen to do many of the vocals on the film bohemian rhapsody ladies and gentlemen all the way from nashville tennessee here's our guy mark Martel. mark how are you
6: i'm good thanks for having me mitch this is a pleasure i'm glad we're not talking football my <laughs> extent of football knowledge ends after uh the 10th grade so there you go.
0: <laughs> i know this freddie mercury thing has just kind of taken over your world But I think there's a lot more in there, and I know you agree. Tell me about the little guy in Montreal, Canada Canada in the 1980s. Did you always want to sing?
6: Yeah, that was like the only thing. It was really my refuge. I was a really shy kid. Uh, Firstborn like very much a performer and always seeking for people's approval (laughs) that way, I guess. But my mom used to always tell me, or she has reminded me recently that I grew up, I was the kid that was, I would much rather stay in and play the piano and sing than go play with friends. I played with friends plenty, but, I made a lot more time for myself and just getting, I knew that I really wanted to be uh, exceptional at something and music was my first love. I can remember, you know, listening, my mom's a pianist and she would lull us kids to sleep with playing Beethoven at night. And I always remember my, my gears turning in my head going, how do I make my hands make that sound? Cause I know I was just starting to play the piano and when she played the piano, the sound was much fuller, which is because she has, She had bigger hands. And so when I grew up, I was able to play octaves and just I was always fascinated by the sound of music. And um, and I started writing in my teens and kind of never stopped.
0: The piano thing was a drag to me. I started learning when I was, I don't know, five, six, seven years old. My dad kind of tricked me into learning because I always wanted to do what he wanted to do. And he said, listen, I'm going to he was a lawyer. I'm going to learn to play the piano. Okay, I'll learn to play the piano. And then he quit after the first week and made me stay with it. And and, uh, and I don't know, the 30 minutes a night, I never. it was never a drag for you, huh? Music was never
6: a drag. You always raced home to that piano? I never loved practicing, like for my, for my lessons, you know, doing scales and stuff. There's nothing fun about that. But I just, I wanted to be able to, to reproduce the sound that I heard on the radio. Like I listened to a lot of top 40 pop radio growing up. Yeah. And I just, I fell in love with that. And that's what I wanted to do. But I think I also realized that you had to push through the uh the not fun stuff to be able to get to uh where i wanted to be eventually and so I, I i put up with it my parents nagged me just like any other kid but uh you know seeing my my mom every sunday she she's a pianist for my church my dad's church and so seeing her maybe every sunday do that kind of maybe was my inspiration i don't know
0: so 1990 you're about 14 years old who does mark martell want to be I mean who, who do you listen to? Who was your inspiration? I know it wasn't Queen because I've seen all the different interviews and how you learned about that later. Who who did Mark Martel wanna be when he was a kid?
6: I wanted to be the sixth new kids on the block.
0: <laughs> really? Is
6: that right? Not even a word of a lie. That was before <laughs> I got into rock and roll. <laughs> uh, I got into I got into rock as soon as kind of the, the grunge movement started, like 91, 92. But up until then, I was pretty softcore.
0: Okay. And you, you formed the band, right? And you toured all over the world. Would I have liked that 15-passenger van? Would Mitch have liked that that you were running around in?
6: Uh, it's got some smells. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but we each had our bunk, you know, so we had some we had some elbow room at least. We never uh, toured with more than like six guys in that thing, so yeah. It, you know, I spent many a night on a on a on a van bunk, and then we actually upgraded to a bus eventually. Nice. Yeah. So that was a that was a
0: thirteen a years. Thirteen years with that group is that right? Thirteen
6: years total. Yeah. We started in college and uh, hung up the skates in uh, 2013. Okay.
0: So people start telling you at some point you sound like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Do you remember the first person who told you that? And did you know who Freddie Mercury was? Obviously, you knew who he was, but maybe you didn't know much about Queen and him. Tell me about that.
6: Pretty much. I I wish I could remember the first person that ever told me that. That would be such a cool thing, a story to tell. But uh, no, they um, they all kind of blend together, the thousands and thousands of people who have told me that. And it, it started, honestly, around 2003, I believe, when I kind of let go of my... Uh, my Pearl Jam Eddie Vedder phase <laughs> and uh, realized that that wasn't for me. And that I sound like a complete fake trying to make my voice sound like that guy, because I just respected him so much as an artist. But, um, my bass player was really the one who introduced me to Queen. He was like, you know, you're like a natural mimic. And so, but when I hear you sing, you sound almost exactly like this Freddie Mercury guy who I'm a huge fan of. And he was like a, a Queen fan since 1980. And so he thought you, he was like, you really need to get into queen. I think you can learn a lot from this guy. Um, and so then I started listening to queen, not a band I'd really ever heard of. I, I first heard Bohemian Rhapsody in Wayne's world, just like a lot of people did. <laughs> um, but even then, I, I mean the song, I remember the song sticking out to me in that iconic scene, Yeah. but, um, I, and, but I, I remember thinking maybe that guy, maybe, maybe that singer's a girl. I didn't, i didn't know anything about the band yeah Uh, because the the voice was very feminine and then uh but then at some points it gets very masculine i'm like huh maybe and i always had a higher voice and i thought maybe it's not so lame to have a higher voice and i'd been trying to do this lower gruff thing which was not naturally me you know yeah discovering queen was a a huge education for me too
0: and then somebody sends you a link to a contest that's being run by members of the, the original members of Queen, and you want no part of it?
6: Well, you know, I, I, the, the thing that had... I was in in a band that was in the, in the Christian music industry, a Christian rock band, and um, I had heard a couple times from people in the industry saying, you know, there's there's this thing with you sounding like Freddie Mercury that almost works against you in this industry. I'm like, Oh, that's a bummer. I can't change that about me. People always hear Freddie. No, no matter what I'm singing. And uh, but then, yeah, and sure enough, in 2011 um, the drummer of queen Roger Taylor decided he was going to start his own tribute band to his own band and through the technology of YouTube, hold auditions through that. And a friend of mine uh, here in town, who's a, a great engineer, emailed me the link the day that the thing went live. And he was like, "You got to check this out. This is this is you know this was made for you." Right. And so I thought, "Oh no, nah, this is going to be super lame." But I went, I clicked on the link, and I thought, "Oh, this is actually Queen doing this thing. This isn't just some offshoot, some." lame I don't know, like when you're when you're a songwriter and a budding musician, I don't I don't know any songwriter who grows up thinking I want to sing someone else's music, you know? And so that was never a, a dream of mine. But I had this weird thing about me where yeah. no matter what I'm singing, I'm I'm reminding people of this person. And so when this opportunity came up, I'd be like, man, that's that'd be really cool to to be able to sing the music of Freddie Mercury in front of a guy who was drumming behind him for 20 years. Um, I'd, I'd like to at least see what happens.
0: So you cut somebody to love in 2011. You put it on online. 30 million views, I think, as of today. Ellen sees it. So she invites you on her show. That must have been a thrill. I, I saw the whole thing with your wife getting really, really excited yeah. to hear that you're <laughs> you're finally popular in your own home. I always say I'm not even a household name in my own home. You were finally a household name in your own home when hey, you bad. whispered when you whispered in her ear that Ellen invited you on the show.
6: Yeah, she <laughs> literally dropped to the floor, <laughs> and uh... <laughs> uh, uh, and you made Celine Dion cry. That was the other uh, moment that my wife dropped to the floor when when we uh, actually literally the two times in our 10 year marriage that <laughs> I told her something and she just about fainted was when the other time was when I was invited to sing for C- Celine Dion. That
0: yeah. Was- and you made Celine Dion cry. And then uh, I, I heard you on an interview and I don't remember which interview it was describing the reaction of Roger Taylor when he yeah. fir- when he first heard you in person sing like his best friend uh describe that if you can that that moment mm-hmm. that you'll never forget for our audience
6: man actually it's many moments i mean it, he was very very hands-on with that that original original band called the queen extravaganza he was there for all of our first month of rehearsing so i i, I consider him a friend like he we've we've spent a lot of time together mm-hmm. and just to see him you know, he's in his seventies now and he still gets emotional
7: Wow.
6: Um, hearing, you know, something that reminds him of his, of his good friend, Freddie. And um, when we, I remember when the last time that it had happened, we were working on the movie Bohemian Rhapsody in, in England and he was listening back to some of the work we had done for the film and he's just sitting, you know, He's got this kind of Roger stance where he crosses his arms and kind of hunches over, and and when he's really concentrating and he's listening to the music and just tears welling up in his eyes and wow. his face turning red and it's like it's it's the most out of body surreal thing that that really happens to me. It's it's really strange and cool.
0: And so you did the you did the extravaganza for many years. You did the movie. I know that it's some something of a secret. You're not allowed to say how much of the movie you did, but yeah. you did a lot of the movie. And you, I got the quote. I got the quote. You're allowed contractually to tell us that I'm one of the singers of Freddie Mercury on the movie, right? That's all you're allowed to say. That right? Thank you
6: for complying with my NDA.
0: <laughs> you did Bohemian Rhapsody on YouTube, a YouTube deal, 45 million people. 45 million people mark watch this and you're gonna do you're gonna do a little queen for us here on mitch on our little show mitch unfiltered are you not what are you gonna do
6: i would love to this is one of the greatest songs queen ever recorded i think and it was not even a hit when they did it uh but it kind of grew a cult following and it's called don't stop me now
3: Tonight, I'm gonna have myself a real good time. I feel alive, and the world, I'll turn it inside out, yeah. I'm floating around in ecstasy, so don't stop me now cause i'm having a good time having a good time i'm a shooting star leaping through the sky like a tiger defying the laws of gravity i'm a racing car passing by like lady godiva i'm gonna go 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 there's no stopping me i'm burning through the sky yeah 200 degrees that's why they call me mr barrett Hyde. traveling at the speed of man out of do you don't stop me now i'm having such a good time i'm having a ball don't stop me now if you want to have a good time just give me a call don't stop me cause i'm having a good time don't stop yes i'm having a good time i don't want to stop at all Woo, i'm a rocket ship on my way tomorrow. A collision cause I'm a satellite I'm out of control I'm a sex machine ready to reload like an atom bomb about to all oh, 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 explore I'm burning through the sky yeah 200 degrees that's why they call me Mr. Barrett I'm traveling at the speed of light about to make a supersonic woman do stop me. do stop me. do stop, stop me. Hey, hey, hey. Stop me. Don't stop me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I like it. Have a good time. Good time. Stop me. Don't stop, stop me. Oh. Me now I'm having such a good time I'm having a ball don't stop me now if you want to have a good time just give me a call don't stop me. because I'm having a good time don't stop yes I'm having a good time I don't want to stop at all da, 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 da.
0: You got a standing ovation from one, at least from right now. I know, I know that everybody, I know that everybody listening is just on the edge of their seat. That is fa- fantastic. It's a really moving experience to listen to you sing. I know you've heard that a billion times, so let's make it a billion and one, Mark. It's just very moving to hear you get in front of that piano and sing.
6: Thanks, Mitch. That's so cool to hear. Appreciate it, man. Every so, time.
0: So you've embraced this. Your life changed when somebody decided that you sounded like Freddie Mercury. Your life changed. And I know I know that must be both a blessing, and I don't want to say a curse, but a struggle for you. You're a musician. There's a lot more in Mark Martell than than Freddie Mercury. How have you been able to deal with it all these years? I mean, it's given you a home, it's paid the mortgage, it's paid the bills, and yet It's hard to be Mark Martell when everybody thinks of Freddie Mercury every time they hear you.
6: Yeah. All the conversations in my head are the ones you can pretty much imagine. Like do it. I often ask myself, am I just riding this guy's coattails? Um, But then I get on stage and I see people's reactions. I see every night people crying in the front row and just to be able to be the conduit to, to give people that feeling is makes it all worth it, man. It's, it's really awesome. And if you're going to be compared to anyone in your in your field, it may as well be someone who's considered to be one of the greats, if not the best. And so I always take it as a compliment. I always strive to be myself on stage. I never don the the yellow jacket or put on a mustache. It's it's me on stage. If you if you want to come hear someone who sounds just like Freddie Mercury, well, You're going to get that, but you're also going to get me being myself and uh, not pretending to be someone.
0: The frustration of your original music, which is so good, but people don't want, I don't want to say they don't want to hear it, but they just want to hear Freddie Mercury. What's that like?
6: Yeah, there's a lot of people who are always asking me to, slap, slap a mustache on that dude. And, <laughs> or, you know, and, uh, I want to hear you speak with a British accent. Like uh, I, I already sing it with a British accent. You know, that's, uh, that's where I draw the line. Uh, but I, you know, I, I, I don't blame people for saying that. Like if I was in their position, I'd probably be saying the exact same thing. So I totally get it.
0: Tell me about what's, what's new in your world. Mark You can follow him on Instagram as well. I know that you just did a popular live stream. I didn't see it. Can I watch it on replay somewhere, Mark? Yeah.
6: Yeah, man. YouTube, Mark Martell Music or just Mark Martell. I don't know. It's up there. I did a a stream from my home studio here.
0: Nice. And of course, Christmas music, you were a Christian band. Christian music is something that's near and dear to your heart. Do you have a favorite song before you perform for us a a music, uh, some sort of a a number, a Christmas number? Do you have a
6: favorite growing up? Uh, You know, it's hard to beat a holy night silent night the greats i I like the great songs just like everybody else uh but but yeah i'm I'm not i'm not going to play that for you today i'm going to play a a newer one that uh yeah okay do one for us so this is uh this is a tune i just did recorded with uh amy grant and it's called the christmas waltz i uh didn't know the song before It was presented to me by by my manager, actually, who's a big Sinatra fan. And it goes something like this.
3: Frosted window panes, candles gleaming inside. Painted candy canes on the tree. Santa's on his way He's filled his sleigh with things Things for you and for me It's that time of year When the world falls in love And every song you hear Seems to say Merry Christmas may your new year dreams come true and this song of mine in three-quarter time wishes you and yours the same thing On the tree, Santa's on his way. He's filled his slayer with things, filled with things, things for you. The same thing to Merry Merry Christmas ah, Merry Christmas have yourself a merry Christmas Merry Christmas
0: Incredible. Mark Martell, uh, Mark Martell Music.com. Follow him on Instagram. See his YouTube video. I mean, watching you do Bohemian Rhapsody, watching you do Queen, listening to you do music, uh, Christmas music, is a real thrill. It's a real moving experience. And I know that maybe it's a frustration for you, as we talked about earlier being compared to Freddie Mercury and always being told that you you sound like Freddie Mercury. But from the bottom of my heart, I can just tell you, you have entertained and moved so many people with your music, whether it's you, your Christmas music, or Queen music. I just say congrats on that and keep up the great work and and have a great holiday season with your family and keep entertaining us, Mark. Thank you for being on the show.
6: Thanks, Mitch. And listen, a a working musician is a happy musician, and I'm just really thankful to be able to perform whatever music on any old stage. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on your show. Appreciate you.
0: You're you're the best. Happy holidays, Mark. Thanks. Hey, back with us on the Zeke's Pizza hotline, the president of Zeke's Pizza, Dan Black. And Dan, geez, more bad COVID restriction news recently for all of us, especially those of you in the in the restaurant business. What's the deal for our favorite place for Northwest Style Pizza?
4: Yeah, similar to what we talked about when the pandemic first hit, it's devastating for the restaurant industry. Uh, Zeke's, we feel fortunate in that we have always had a really strong takeout and delivery business. And so we've been able to capitalize on that and consolidate around that. And then we also have the added thing where the pandemic has really raised awareness in terms of, beer delivery and alcohol delivery and Zeke's is a leader in that category and so uh, we've been able to ride that leadership position and and actually grow a really strong business uh, around takeout delivery that's even stronger now than it was before
0: you know those of us that are pizza shoppers and have pizza delivered to our door uh, we might take the whole process a little bit for granted that phone call the execution but you guys at Zeke's take great pride. It is very, very important that you do this in an efficient manner.
4: Yeah, there's no question. The delivery business is unique. Of course, we take great pride and care in the pizza and the beer part. With delivery, you have the added technology component. You know, people expect us to be on the level with like Uber and Amazon. And for a company our size, that's always a challenge. Uh, But then in the COVID era, when the pandemic hit, of course, the way you delivered and all the safety precautions that you take totally changed. And When it first hit, we learned all that on the fly. The cool thing about the current situation is our COVID safety game has never been stronger. And so we're just keep going in stride right now, even with the new restrictions, because uh, our delivery is extremely safe from a COVID standpoint. And that's one thing that's different about the second time around. And what's the Black family ordering these days? Yeah, that's a no-brainer. We've been ordering nothing but cans of Hop Tropic with our pizza. Hop Tropic is our famous and really popular house beer and it's always been extremely popular it's a northwest style ipa and having it be in cans is a big milestone for zeke's and rubens and the the cool thing about it is not only can you order it from zeke's now is it's got distribution around the puget sound so you can get it at qfc and pcc and chuck's hop shop and any place that there's really good beer around you can find it now which is pretty awesome
0: nice so online on the phone on the app three ways to have pizza and beer delivered to your door and minutes dan black the president of Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Inside the three-yard line, Wilson fires to the end zone, touchdown. Jacob Hollister. Took it down and one. It's Carlos Hyde. He picks up a first down and four. Still going. Hyde is inside the twenty.
5: The ten takes it all the way. A Seahawks touchdown. Second down and four off the fake to McKissick. Haskins to McKissick for
0: a Washington touchdown. Haskins taken down again. Back at the 38-yard line. It's time by Carlos Dunlap. Wow.
8: The defense continues to play really, really good football. They played great all day long. Uh, we had a couple lapses in there. And they got to dinking the ball around, and they did a nice job moving it and giving credit. When we had to have it, finish the game off, uh, guys rallied and, and, and nailed three sacks in the last drive.
0: This being episode 122, this being the show, Brady Henderson, that everybody listens to during the holiday week, the Christmas week, I get a chance to speak with a guy with one of those little tassels on the top of his head, one of those little red caps on the top of his head today. It's Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com, Seahawks insider, as the Seahawks clinch another playoff berth. You know they're 10-4, and four, Brady. They clinch another trip to the playoffs under Pete Carroll. And yet somehow I think we all take that for granted. I know before I arrived in Seattle that there were some days that the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs very
8: often. Do we as Seahawk 12s take this for granted? I think they do, yeah, a little bit. I mean, look at Sean McDermott, the Buffalo Bills coach. He's probably never going to buy another beer in Buffalo (laughs) or another round of Buffalo wings because he (laughs) led them to the playoffs a couple years ago for the first time in forever. And so the Seahawks have been there quite a bit. I think what's unfulfilling to a lot of Seahawks fans is the fact that just they haven't got past the divisional round, uh, you know, since they made their second straight trip to the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, that's unfulfilling, I think, just because you have an all-time quarterback and you've had teams that, you know, have, have been in a good position to do that. But um, certainly a lot of other fan bases would take the success that they've had in recent seasons.
0: I want you to respond to Bill Coat. Do you know who Bill Coat is? No, I don't. (laughs) I wouldn't expect you to. God bless him, but I don't. (laughs) Guess what? I don't know who he is either. And he tweeted me the following tweet that I want your reaction to, Brady Henderson, as a guy who covers this team. Disappointing win for the Seahawks, Bill tweets. Really laid an egg for the second half. Offense and especially the defense. This should have been a two to three score win on Sunday. What do you say to Bill Coat? I
8: say Bill. (laughs) Bill, Bill, Bill. No, I, I, I understand some of that because of the way that they played in stretches for this game. You know, the defense really could not get much pressure on Dwayne Haskins, let him, you know, drive for two touchdowns uh, on consecutive possessions in the fourth quarter. Offense kind of fell flat there for a stretch. But you always I think you always gotta take the bigger picture look at this. They won on the road against a team that has one of the best defenses in the NFL. In another one of those early kickoffs, secured a you know playoff spot, and also you know by the way the Rams uh, got blown out or Rams lost to the previously winless Jets in the afternoon uh, round of games, and so just another reminder that. Anything can happen in the NFL, and you just can't take wins for granted. I, I would I would remind, Bill, that the Seahawks, save for that blowout win over the Jets last week, they almost never have comfortable wins, and so it's always going to be ugly. There's always going to be things in Seahawks victories that you could pick apart. Uh, I think you've just got to look at the bigger picture. Now, do they have flaws that could haunt them in the playoffs? Sure, but this was kind of a, a similar game to what we've seen out of them over the years.
0: Brady, what was the number one storyline from the win over Washington on Sunday. I'll give you mine because heading in, you just mentioned it, heading into the game Seahawk fans were paralyzed with fear over this front four that Washington was going to throw at them. Maybe the best front four in all the sport with Chase Young and, and I think his name is Montez Sweat and Jonathan Allen. So the offensive line allowing zero sacks now he threw the ball, he got rid of the ball quickly Three quarterback hits, 181 yards rushing on seven yards per carry. I know Russell Wilson had a big chunk of that. Sweat had one tackle, no sacks, and a quarterback hit against a third-string right tackle. Chase Young had three tackles, no sacks, no quarterback hits against underrated Dwayne Brown. And Jonathan Allen did nothing. For my money... Because of the team that we were looking at, the opponent we were looking at, the offensive line is the story of the game. You agree with that, or would you like
8: me to focus
0: somewhere else?
8: No, I agree with you there. I, I, I totally agree with you That That was the big storyline heading into this one, especially knowing the uncertainty over whether Brandon Schell would be available, which he was not. So they had to go with Cedric O'Boehi, who has not looked all that great in the times that he's had to step in earlier this season. And... Yeah, I mean I think you would you would take the results that they had there. Now it did it certainly meant a more buttoned up offensive game plan. You mentioned the shorter passes. I'll give you some numbers to quantify that. Uh, according to our great stats department at ESPN, Russell Wilson averaged 4.6 yards, uh, air yards per attempt today. That was his lowest in any game since the opener in 2015 and the third lowest of his career. So there were not that many opportunities for you know those big plays that really make their offense go. I can think of you know one to Freddie Swain that they almost connected on, but he could not get his second foot in bounds. Uh, it was really, there was really not a whole lot of that. It was all about getting the ball out quickly. That's what they had to do. Look, I mean, I think you're going to have to sacrifice something unless you want Russell, you know, to be back there in a sitting duck all game long. And it was just – they had just enough offense. Obviously, you know, we talked about it. Their offense kind of uh, went through that lull for a stretch there. And you would like to see them, you know, put together one more touchdown drive to really put that game away. They didn't. uh, But what they got was enough.
0: What happened in the fourth quarter to the defense? Why did the Reds – sorry – why did the Washington football team get on track offensively and nearly pull the game out at the end?
8: I think one of the issues was the, the pressure that you saw on that final drive. It, it wasn't there. And I'd, I'd have to go back and look. I don't know if they were getting the ball out quickly or what, but there just wasn't that much pressure there. And then you saw them come through. On that final drive alton robinson had the strip sack which could have ended the game ed saddle recovered it uh, but haskins fell on it and then call lj collier and carlos dunlap got back-to-back sacks after a big penalty on kj Wright. and we'll talk about that and whether or not that should have been called really put washington on the doorstep of another touchdown and, and you're kind of thinking oh boy here we go again another loss to a backup quarterback blowing a chance to uh, you know miss out on the playoffs. Here I am again frantically rewriting my game story, which uh, is a common occurrence for me and I'm sure anybody else who covers the Seahawks. But yeah, I think to me it was just the lack of pressure on Haskins that they re- rediscovered when they needed it. I'm a homer, but the call on K.J. Wright has left me perplexed. It's left K.J. perplexed.
0: I heard him. I could almost see him, read his lips. What do you want me to do? Wide receiver catches the ball, takes a step, bends his head, KJ passes on hitting him with his head or even his shoulder pad and kind of hits him with his arm and gets flagged for 15 yards in an automatic first down. It
8: almost cost the Seahawks the football game. What do you think about that call? I think there's always two questions to be asked here. One is, should that be a penalty in today's NFL? That's one question. The other question is, based on the letter of the law, is it a penalty in today's NFL? I think it is. You see calls like that get called a lot and the question is as K.J. Wright said what is he supposed to do you know I think a lot of times when defend you see defensive players get up and they're just incredulous like that it's for the same reason because what is K.J. Wright supposed to do in that situation when the guy who catches the ball is lowering his head as he's either catching it or going to the ground and so it's, it's really just logistically almost impossible for a defender to hit him anywhere other than his head. I mean, if the guy is running straight up, yeah, it's a lot easier for K.J. Wright or any defensive player uh, to, you know, hit him in the shoulder area or the chest. But when the guy is going down like that, it's just hard. And you said it, it would be one thing if he led with his helmet or even his shoulders, he hit him with his forearm. And so that was that's to me where I would say, I guess that makes that play a little bit different to where even though you do see plays like that get called that's where i would wonder if some discretion should come into play and official should say Look, that hit was not that that hit was way more innocuous than a lot of hits that you see called for the, that same penalty. Brady Henderson
0: ESPN ESPN.com Seahawks Insider we're all going to Taco Time on Tuesday thanks to Carlos Hyde, a buy one get one free crisp taco on that 50-yard touchdown run, part of a great day for the offensive line and the running backs and the running game for the Seattle Seahawks. Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app remind you order ahead and have your order waiting for you just inside the front door of your favorite location Hotshot Scott giggled at me in the first segment when I called Michael Dixon a sleeper MVP for Sunday's game Brady four punts 51 or 52 net average uh, he pinned him at the 4 10 4 and 14 and early in the game the Redskins had trouble getting out of their own way offensively in part I believe because of the great job Michael Dixon did
8: yeah, you know we we're asked to, to pick a player of the game for you know the winning team. You know, whichever reporter covers the winning team, they ask us to pick a player of the game. And I mean, I was thinking, well, who is it going to be for the Seahawks? Because you know, I mean, it wasn't usually it's Russell Wilson. that He threw for Jamal Adams. Hundred. Yeah, I think I think Jamal Adams was the guy I ended up picking. But I actually gave serious thought to Dixon just because of the game he had, and I believe he came into the game tied for the league lead with punts downed inside the five yard line and he added to that and so twice yeah yeah he's he's having another all pro type season and uh if you know for a team that again plays a lot of close games you know special teams is often going to be the decider and that's been the case this season with not only him having a great season jason Myers. 20 of 20 on field goal attempts, and now has the franchise record for 31 straight. I believe it is dating back to last season. And so, I don't. I don't know if we talk a whole lot about special teams, but for a team that plays as many close games as the Seahawks do, yes, it's been a big deal for them.
0: Yes, I think Ken Norton and Pete Carroll have a nice problem on their hands all of a sudden. D.J. Reed played another good football game on Sunday. Came up with an interception. Of course, he's a spark plug on punt returns. He bobbled one on Sunday. I'm assuming you're going to tell me the Quinton Dunbar is coming back. Trey Flowers ultimately will come back. All of a sudden, they've got this, this incredible collection of defensive backs opposite of Shaq Griffin on the other side. What are they going to do?
8: Well, it sounds like Dunbar and Flowers both have a chance to come back this week, and I believe they will both be eligible. It seemed like I would have guessed that Dunbar would have been back this week just because he uh, had quite a bit of practice time under his belt. But um, I would imagine that he'll be back next week or th- this coming week for the Rams game, and we'll see about Flowers too. But it's going to be hard for them, I think, to, to keep Reed off the field now i do think that you know some matchups because he's a smaller guy at 59 some matchups against bigger wide receivers that might be a better matchup for a, a bigger guy like uh, flowers or dunbar but I mean, he's certainly worthy of, if not keeping that starting job, at least uh, staying on the field quite a bit. You know, we've seen them more willing, I think, this season, to rotate guys at positions where you typically stick one guy and keep him there. So I I think you're going to see more of D.J. Reed, And, I mean, he's he's one of the unsung heroes and one of the unexpected heroes of this team. Who would have thought back in August when the Seahawks claimed him and he was, you know, in the early stages of his recovery from a torn pec that was going to keep him out for a few more months, not many people would have thought he'd be making you know, impact plays like this, and I don't even think the Seahawks thought it would have been at cornerback just because he's a smaller guy, and they obviously prefer to have bigger, longer guys playing on the outside.
0: I'm assuming that ESPN, ESPN.com is going to give you this week off and let you just take a week off because the Rams lost to the Jets. So I'm assuming that means the Seahawks will have a walkover against the Rams for the NFC West title, and we don't even have to pay attention to that game.
8: Yeah, that's the way. Yeah, my, my editor just uh, emailed me, and he said, find somebody that you know who belongs to a country club and tell them that <laughs> uh, they owe you a free round of golf on Sunday because the game's been canceled.
0: Oh, gosh. What do we expect?
8: Well, they're going to face a better quarterback than what they have been facing over the last few weeks, and we've talked about this. That's the – The qualifier there, the question that you have to ask when you talk about how real is Seattle's defensive turnaround just because they haven't really played um, a lot of great quarterbacks in that stretch, and not that Jared Goff is playing at an all-pro level. He's had some turnover issues this season, but he is better than what they have faced in Carson Wentz and Colt McCoy and and Dwayne Haskins on Sunday. So uh, it's going to be a bigger challenge, I think. Now it's at home. Uh, It's also going to be against a team that is coming off an embarrassing loss, probably their worst loss of the Sean McVay era. And so probably, uh, you know, that probably they lost to an 0-13. Yeah. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Definitely that their worst loss of the Sean McVay era. And um, obviously that game is, you know, NFC West is um, going to be almost at stake in that game. And so, right. you know, that they're, they're going to get their best effort. from.
0: Okay. Rams. But we're going to have a note table, so you don't have to predict it, but as
8: your first blush, first blush Seahawks win or Rams win? First blush is Seahawks. Okay, I think they're going to have. Yeah, I, I think that the Rams obviously have uh, a very talented defensive line of their own. I think the Seahawks have shown that even with a pretty bad situation with a backup right tackle against a good defensive front, that they can adjust, you know, adjust their offense the way they need to and uh, and get enough points on the board wow. uh, to get by.
0: Well, early. It was a um, if the, if their offensive. Line, I don't know who I'm going to pick either. We'll do it on the note table later in the week after Christmas for the patrons. But I got to tell you, if their offensive line plays any way, anything like the way they played on Sunday in Washington, if they repeat that performance against that Rams defensive line, I think the Seahawks are in mighty fine shape to be NFC West champs. And then who knows, maybe one, two, obviously no worse than three if they win the NFC West. There he is, Brady. Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. But much more importantly, you hear him on Mitch Unfiltered multiple times each week after the games, after he covers the games, and then he joins Joe Fan and myself. I'm still trying to figure out who got KPs. This week, it's going to take me three or four days with my math skills to figure out who was closest to the pin. Brady, you have any ideas?
8: Well, you talk about your math skills. I don't, <laughs> think, you, I don't think I'm don't think i the guy you want adding that up. I'm just going to leave that to you. <laughs>
3: okay.
8: <laughs> I'll, I'll catch you on the note table. Have a
0: great, great holiday. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and we'll talk before the new year. Get ready for the Rams game. Thank you, Brady.
8: All right. Thanks, Mitch, and same to you.
0: Lindsay Schwartz, the CEO of Daniel's Broiler, is again with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Lindsay, tell us about your decision to keep the three restaurants open this time around amidst the COVID restrictions.
9: Yeah, you know, it was a pretty easy decision. The main focus for us was to keep as many of our team members employed as possible. Just the thought of laying people off around the holidays is is very difficult. And so we decided to, to give it our best shot, to stay open for takeout, for delivery, for outdoor dining, and uh, to keep as many jobs as possible. And uh, we've had good support from the community so far, so we're grateful for that.
0: And when you say outdoor dining... You're talking about outside seating, heated at Les Shy, some other opportunities at the other restaurants, and pickup and delivery service from all three locations.
9: Yeah, that's right. Pickup delivery from all three. Daniel's Les Shy we actually installed a tent to cover the deck, and and so that's, that's probably the best option for outdoor dining. But at our Lake Union and Bellevue locations, we have awnings and heaters. Those are good options if it's not raining sideways. What's the best way to have Daniels delivered? The easiest way for sure is to go to our website, DanielsBroiler.com, and there's a link right at the top that says Delivery. Click on that, and you can use that either for delivery or takeout.
0: And because of your Thanksgiving success, and you can talk a little bit about that success uh, with your takeout at uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, you're going to do something similar this year?
9: Yeah, first of all, we were just blown away by the support from the community on Thanksgiving. We did over 1,000 dinners uh, to go for takeout on wow. Thanksgiving between the three locations, which is far and away the most we've ever done. And, uh, and so based on that, we're going to do similar, some holiday-themed three-course dinners on both Christmas Eve and on New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve is going to feature prime rib, king salmon, uh, eight-ounce filet, or roasted ham. And then New Year's Eve is going to feature a surf and turf of steak and lobster combo. So we're excited for those menus, and uh, it should be a lot of fun.
0: Daniel's has been a pillar of the community for 40 years. Let's support this loyal partner of Mitch Unfiltered, Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Unfiltered.
2: This Sunday is you take Oklahoma over Iowa State. Purdy, can he rescue this? Purdy lofts
3: it up. Jump ball, and it is intercepted by Trey Brown. Another huge play by the senior from Tulsa.
2: Air Force, to me, is going to come in with a little bit more offensive firepower than what we saw along the banks of the Hudson there.
7: This is it for
0: the
2: game. Fourth I would tell your listeners to take Alabama there in the first half. And and moreover, I think he would take the over in the first half. From the 17, Jones loads over the middle, compete. Najee Harris, touchdown Alabama. Najee Harris again.
0: He's brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. Buy one crisp taco, get one free. This Tuesday, thanks to Carlos Hyde's 50-yard scamper in our nation's capital. He's Santa Rick on this Christmas edition of Mitch Unfiltered. I would have expected Rick Neuheisel already to be home in Arizona and on the first tee by now or on a practice tee. You haven't swung a golf club in how long, Rick Neuheisel?
2: I just want to jump into song and tell you I'll be <laughs> home for Christmas. I will be, uh, but I have one more obligation here in New York City. Uh, we've got an inside college football program to film on Tuesday, and then Wednesday morning I'm on the first thing smoking back home, and uh, I'm I'm so thankful. But I'm really thankful, Mitch, and I think everybody who loves college football is, for as much of the season as we got accomplished this year, I think everybody should be congratulated. Lots of sacrifice, lots of stop and start. Mm-hmm. But goodness gracious, it was uh, marvelous on and, and almost everybody's part to have gotten as much done as we've gotten
4: done.
0: Is it too soon to be having that conversation? We've got a lot of bowl games on the schedule, and a lot of us fear how many of these games will actually be played over the next few weeks.
2: Leave it to you to keep me in line. (laughs) Leave it to you to put some uh, nice round chunks of coal in the stocking. Uh, But but I'm a half glass full, and I'm believing we're going to get there. And uh, I'm excited as to what we've seen and what we're about to see. Santa Rick wasn't bad again. Meatloaf
0: is uh, is brought back out. Two out of three, I think. Air Force, no good, but you deserve that because you turned your back on on Army one week after they took you to the pay window. So you got what you – what you you got karma. Karma was involved there. But then I think we eked out the pay window at Oklahoma. You said Oklahoma by double digits. I think they, they were able to cover by about a half point or a point. And how do you not love – I was raving about you, everyone who would listen to me, which was very few here in my home. The first half score, you said there'll be 42 points minimum – In the first half of the SEC championship game, how many points were scored in the first half? I count 52, my Syracuse math. Rick Neuheisel.
2: 35-17 adds up to 52. Ah. Yes, indeed. Dan Mullen will be wise the next time he has a chance to run 20 more seconds off the clock down on the one-yard line. He'll do so rather than give the ball back to Mac Jones and company. Uh, And as for Air Force, they had two fourth downs to stop Army on that fateful final drive and the fly boys couldn't get it done adorned in their red tail uniform. <laughs> so I have no, uh, I have no pity for them. They had two chances and they failed me. Yeah.
0: They didn't just fail you. They failed everybody who was taking your advice. Now, listen, <laughs> I am not going to sing to you this week, but I am going to gloat on both your and my behalf. Here's what I'm going to tell you on a recent edition of Mitch unfiltered. The host asked Rick Neuheisel, what if Clemson blows out Notre Dame? Neuheisel responded to the host, define a blowout for me. The host said 35-10, let's say. As it turns out, the host was only one point off. And you responded by saying Notre Dame is in the final four unless like it's 55 or 60-7. to 7.
2: So we were right on all accounts. How about that? That's calling in the know. That is in the know right there. Uh, I know Texas A&M Aggie fans are disappointed as well. They should be. This was the year of all years to have uh, included more in the playoff because there were no cross-sectional games for the committee to ponder as they deemed the final four. And we know how they're in love with brands. That being said, I think they, you know, stepped to their guns. They were consistent and we got the four that we expected. And hopefully it moves us an inch or two closer to uh, playoff expansion. Yeah. Let me ask you
0: two questions about the four teams. I get that we expected the four teams. We even expected them in the order that they gave it to us. I got that part. But let me ask you two questions that are somewhat different. Did the four most deserving teams get in, Rick? And did the four best teams get in?
8: Two different questions.
2: I'm going to answer the latter first. It's likely. I would have loved to have seen Notre Dame and A&M play as they would have had this been an eight-team tournament because four and five would have been seated against one another. I heard uh, on the program on Sunday that Danny Sheridan said that would be a pick the the uh, Notre Dame and A&M game. But Notre Dame's in. The most deserving teams, no, it was not. When you play only six games, which was the uh, lot for Ohio State, no fault of their own, it's hard to say that you're more deserving than teams that have played double-digit amount of games. We know there's wear and tear, Mm -hmm. as do the Buckeyes. As the season went on, I mean, they played their their championship game with 22 Buckeyes not not available. So had they been forced to get into more weeks of that, it would have been likely, as we've seen – the Buckeye teams in the past, they missed a playoff berth because of uh, a loss at Purdue. They missed another year because of a loss at Iowa. It would have been very likely that that would have been the case again this year. So, deserving is a tough answer. I can't just say absolutely not, but my answer is no, just because of the amount of games by Ohio State. Alright, right, if it's no, then the more deserving team was Texas A&M? Texas A&M was a very deserving team. Now, Since their win over Florida, which as we watch Florida give Alabama all they wanted, since that win over the the Gators, they really haven't played the best that the SEC has to offer. They really needed Georgia on that schedule. And I think if the SEC had it to do again, they would have, uh, as they went from eight to ten conference games, they would have had good on good rather than the way they did to try to protect those teams so as to create a little bit more ammunition for the committee to put two teams in from that particular conference.
0: I think I, I find myself confused at your answer because I can't move on until I understand. So you're saying you think the four best yes but you think Texas A&M deserved it over Ohio State, or somebody else deserved it over Ohio State?
2: Texas A&M's the only team in my mind that was even close to the to the number. Okay. And the and the question then is, did Texas A&M's one loss and Alabama's one loss? You would say those are pretty comparable. The problem is, uh, Notre Dame ended up with that win over Clemson. Yeah. So uh, Texas A&M's win over Florida was a comparable, but they didn't have the next win, which Notre Dame did over North Carolina. and that would have been possible had Auburn had a better season. They did have the win over Auburn. I'm saying had they had Georgia on that sure. particular list, sure. a win over them, I sure. think a and m's passed them. Sure. but uh, the schedule did didn't shine mm-hmm. on uh, on texas a and m at least as it pertained to the rest of the conference schedule. Uh, In the SEC,
0: there were a lot of people, Rick Neuheisel, chuckling at Brian Kelly's quasi ultimatum last week. Although we (laughs) we feel for the families involved, and yeah, I I want the families of these young men to be able to be there for the bowl games, but the idea that he might boycott the Final Four. I had trouble swallowing my food. I know there's a lot of people, namely at Texas A&M, that would say, okay, yeah, 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 boycott. Go, walk away. Walk away. Uh, Your thoughts about all of that, in particular the the families of these young men not being able to be at the games?
2: As the score was 34-3, to I was sitting there going, (laughs) well, not really an issue any longer, is it? But they did make it 34-10. You know, st- staying in line with the great uh, Nostradamus <laughs> known as uh, Mitch Levy, they did make it thirty-four to ten. So it, it but but yeah, that was a, that was a little bit strong. Clearly, he could have said the same thing without uh, feigning a boycott, uh, as if his place was already secured. Little tone deaf there, if you will.
8: Mm.
0: Too early to get your picks. We'll do that on a future show. But the consensus is. Maybe Ohio State will score with Clemson, but there's no way that Notre Dame can keep pace. They're in over their collective heads against Alabama. Yes?
2: Notre Dame is going to have to find a way to really monopolize the time of possession. And Clark Lee, the defensive coordinator, who's going to be multitasking now, as he just took the head coaching job at Vanderbilt, Clark Lee is going to have to find a way to take away Najee Harris and just live to see if he can, uh, he can hold up against Mac Jones and Devontae Smith and the rest of that throw game.
0: And Clemson and Ohio State play a closer
2: game? Clemson and Ohio State play a closer game. As a matter of fact, as I look at yes, uh, the weekend's games, I think Ohio State might have been the most fortunate team of all for these reasons. Number one, they're in the playoff. They, they've got another date with Clemson. They've been They're Owen two in the college football playoff against Clemson. So that will be a little bit of a revenge motive as they get ready to play the Tigers. And secondly, I think Justin Fields is going to be really motivated. He was not good uh, over the weekend. 12 of 27 for just 114 yards. I don't know what that did to his draft stock. I'm sure there will be people saying maybe he should come back for another year, given that he only got six games in in what would have been his second full season uh, playing quarterback. So, to me, they might have gotten a double dose of good luck. One, they're in the playoff, and two, they may get Justin Fields back. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be properly motivated. I think it's a pick type of game. I think the offensive line for Ohio State is superior to Clemson's. The question is who will be back in the fold at receiver for Clemson in this particular game and will Brent Venables be the difference? Okay. Uh, I'm going to lean I'm going to lean have, Clemson but only by a field goal. You don't have
0: to lean yet. I'm not asking you to lean okay. yet. You, well, no lean. Yeah. <laughs> no lean. Disregard the lean. You get time to think about You get time to return to your family, have Christmas with your family, hit a few golf balls, and then come to your senses because when you – Look, we're going to hold you to the the next few leans are going to be very important. If you don't want me to sing to you off-key again, you better get up straight. The next few leans need to be good. I want to ask you two other things before I let you go. He's brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app. Order ahead like we do on the Taco Time Northwest app. He's Rick Neuheisel. He's the CBS college football analyst. How about this other selection of games if in the uh, the optimistic world they all get played, let's hope they do. I'm looking at some games that are very interesting, at least to my eye, that catch my eye. I see Oklahoma versus Florida in the Cotton Bowl. I see Cincinnati versus Georgia, which is intriguing to me when you get one of these teams that are out of the big conferences playing a big conference a slayer in a game. I see Oregon and Iowa State. I was a bit surprised that USC didn't bring more to the table in the Pac-12 championship game. Any of these or others that you want to underscore for us?
2: I love the uh, uh, Oklahoma-Florida game because, obviously, we get treated to great offense in that one. Uh, Florida, I don't know that Kyle Pitts will play. Uh, He just declared, so the likelihood is he will not play. He was brilliant all season long. Uh, Kadarius Tony and Kyle Trask will be left to do it without him, but uh, that will be a fun game to watch. Uh, I love the uh, Texas A&M-North Carolina game in the Orange Bowl. North Carolina has a prolific offense when they're on. It'll be interesting to see if Mike Elko, the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, will be able to corral that particular group, and if so, then Kellen Mond and company might have their way. I also really loved the game Liberty and Coastal Carolina. Ah. They were supposed to play in the regular season when they were both undefeated. Uh, it didn't happen because of COVID. Liberty went in and lost to North Carolina State 15-14, to 14, so they do have one loss. But Grayson McCall and Malik Willis, the two quarterbacks in that game, I think are going to put on a show. So I'm intrigued by that one. The Cincinnati-Georgia Peach Bowl, If Georgia goes with the right frame of mind, and I think they learned their lesson a couple years ago when they didn't play hard against Texas in the Sugar Bowl last year, they avenged that, played a bunch of young kids, and beat the brakes off of Baylor. I think if they play well, it will show that the uh, Cincinnati Bearcats, despite a perfect season, are just a step below some of these elite programs in the power five
0: and before Rick Neuheisel leaves us for this episode 122 the next time he's with us he's going to have to really make some picks I mean really give us some good
2: guidance on some bowl three, no as we now know via meatloaf is <laughs> not bad but it's not nearly what we expect and there's a,
0: and there's a whole selection of other bowl games that you're going to send us to the pay window but before we get there that'll be for a future show before we get there I want to ask you an NFL type of question as it relates to college football because on Sunday, one of the biggest shocking upsets in sports this year or any other year happened when the Jets traveled to the Rams, an 0-13 Jets team that was getting ready to pick Trevor Lawrence and somehow beat the Rams, a very good football team in Los Angeles, and that shifted it from the Jets, we think, to Jacksonville. If you're Trevor Lawrence... Do you care? Does it matter? Jets, Jacksonville, if you're Jacksonville or the Jets, or if you're the Jets, are you, are you disappointed? You're not going to get your hands on him, perhaps? What's your reaction to this whole Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes and what kind of pro player he's going to be?
2: Before I answer that, I just want to tell you, as I just shared, I'm still in New York talk radio tomorrow morning <laughs> in New York is going to be the most entertaining thing I've ever heard because the entire year, Mitch, I've just heard these guys just lambast the poor jets with uh, there. There's nothing left there. They're literally scraps that, uh, on the bone of what's left of the carnage that they've created in their Just, absolute disdain for what has been the new york jet performance this year the only saving grace was they were going to have the number one pick and trevor lawrence would come in and be the savior this tomorrow morning (laughs) will be insult to injury they will not say hey this is a try hard team there's no quit in them you see Sam Darnold find a way on that third and six to get the yeah. ball to Frank Gore. What a hall of famer. <laughs> They're going to absolutely murder the New York Jets tomorrow oh. for the only thing we needed from these, these, pitiful, uh, of, you know, mistake of a team. The only thing we needed was a few more losses and they couldn't even provide that. Oh. That's what I'm going to hear tomorrow. Right. Uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think he, and he's from Georgia. I think, you know, the Jacksonville thing will feel very comfortable. You know, there'll be some marketing people that he'll get to get close with after the season's over that will say, hey, it would have been nice to be in New York, and they may try to work it uh, as Eli Manning worked it way back when and and negotiated uh, from San Diego to New York. Maybe that will be the play. But uh, I, I, I think Trevor, you know, staying down in that portion of the country sounds pretty comfortable.
0: Who will be a better pro when it's all said and done, Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence?
2: Uh, I'm going Joe Burrow. Wow. I, I, just, I, I, I think Burrow is an assassin. I think he's got a killer instinct. Okay. Lawrence is fabulous, uh, but I think Burrow's just – the acumen of Burrow takes him to another notch. Uh, I could be dead wrong. Trevor could – I haven't seen, been around him but uh, he could be that guy. There's certainly nothing not to like about Trevor, but I think Burroughs' acumen has a, a longer career in store for him.
0: This week is a special week around the world for so many. I'm glad that you're going to be able to spend it with your family in Arizona in the desert, and you're going to be able to thaw out, defrost a little bit. I'm, I'm super appreciative to everything that you've done for me over the years. It's great to have you on Mitch Unfiltered. And I'm looking forward to the next visit when we put you to the task of leaning. You're going to have to lean hard in our next uh, next installment of Mitch Unfiltered, Rick.
2: Oh, lean we will. <laughs> and uh, let me just say happy holidays to all those uh, out there, uh, big fans of Mitch Unfiltered. Of course, you know how I feel about you, partner. Happy holidays to one and all. And very much a happy new year. 2020 was was just that, 2020, but uh, good things ahead for all of us. Thank you, Rick. See you now. Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland
0: office at Guild Mortgage is back with us, not to talk refinances and interest rates this time, but instead three charities that are on his team's mind this holiday season. How are you, Jordan?
7: Hey, Mitch. I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for having me back on. Happy holidays to you and everyone. Yeah, Guild is a huge proponent of just serving the communities we work and live in. We serve kind of with our time and hours throughout the year. During this holiday season, we're focused on Youth Eastside Services, or YES, Children's Hospital, and an organization called Girls on the Run.
0: Let's break them down. Youth Eastside Services is what, Jordan?
7: Yeah, it's an organization that focuses on helping children, teens, and families that are struggling with depression, grief, trauma, substance abuse, eating disorders, and a bunch of other issues. And it's just um, helping them find counseling and support to help these children get through these times
0: youth for more information how about girls on the run
7: Girls on the Run, I was introduced to recently, but it's a great organization that helps uh, young girls and women find confidence and self-esteem through athletics, and they go out and recruit coaches to build these programs at local grade schools and middle schools.
0: GirlsOnTheRun.org, and of course, all of us know about uh, Seattle Children's, but how about the Uncompensated Fund for Children's Hospital, Jordan?
7: Yeah, Children's, everybody knows. Phenomenal hospital and institute for people here locally. But the uncompensated fund really focuses on families that receive the hard news of very expensive surgeries and them possibly not being able to afford those surgeries and what might come of that from foreclosing on a home or going bankrupt, really, because they just don't have the coverage for it. So the uncompensated fund goes towards helping those families cover the cost of those surgeries.
0: Terrific work, Jordan. They're driven to give back. That's the Kirkland office of Guild Mortgage.
4: Unfiltered.
0: How'd you like Mark
1: Mortel? Fantastic. I mean, what a talent. What a talent. Great, Great interview. Promise
0: you'll like it when you go home and listen. I'm ready. Hey, did you watch the Gary Payton, Sean Kemp thing on NBA TV? No, but I saw a clip. Did you send out a clip or did somebody else send out I think I retweeted a clip of somebody it. Somebody sent out a funny clip. The two of them sitting together? Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's an hour
1: long. Yeah. It's on. A, well, gotta, I want to see that. It's I also want
0: to see the, the HBO Max two-night installment of Tiger. Have you seen the the Oh uh, no. Well yeah, there's apparently a a Tiger Woods exposé coming out that I want to see. Oh, by the way, that should be with well, that's got to be one of your other stuff. Is it in the Oh, in your, it look? is. Charlie? It Did is. you see Charlie over the weekend lining up for a putt Sunday on the last day of the PNC
1: Championship down oh my in Orlando? God. On the tenth I,
0: hole, did you see that? I watched. I watched as much of it as I could, both Saturday and Sunday. The kid was unbelievable under the under the bright lights with the cameras rolling. the guy, The guy made the little guy made an eagle. He's eleven years old. He made yeah. an eagle on Saturday. The eagle on e- Saturday, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. And then his t- golf swing is gorgeous. Everything about him. His demeanor's great. His dad is a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, I will say that, really? and I do. I do mean that. He was a little awkward both days. You could just tell it was. It was hmm. an uncomfortable. Something of an uncomfortable situation for him, having his son out there yeah. for the world to see. Yeah, I could see that. And then they showed on Sunday a picture of the the ex-wife, Elon s- uh, outside the ropes with the daughter following the two. Oh, that was yeah. was kind of interesting. Elan Nordgren. Elan Nordgren, that's correct. Last time we saw her shoes.
1: Elan! taking a 5 iron to the back of the SUV. Yeah. True. Yeah. true. But it, but it was so cool seeing Charlie when he when he sank and he did the same kind of fist clinches it looked just like Tiger, didn't it? The kid is
0: Kid <laughs> it was, is adorable. Uh, yeah. So adorable. cute. And Father a little awkward, yeah. Ken adorable.
1: Both had yeah. their red shirts on. Yeah. And the,
0: purple the night before, the day before. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they, did, yeah. they did purple on Saturday, yeah.
1: Man, that was that was really cool to see. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. I'm glad Tiger's enjoying this part of his life and yeah. being a dad. And it looks, yeah. it looks like he was having a lot of fun. But yeah. watch the Gary Payton Sean Kemp thing. I will. You know? I will. It'll, it bring, bring, a, it'll bring a tear to your eyes. Can just, I just do it on demand? No. I didn't see it on demand a few days ago. Just I had wait to, for NBA TV to replay it. Yeah, just I mean what else are they play you know it's NBA two. no but they'll they'll definitely replay it. just go grab it yeah. it's if you're a sonics fan it's
0: two of those guys together just just kibitzing?
1: Uh yeah, but yeah but lots of clips and Calabro oh, and, yeah. and funny Is I in there funny I was kind of wondering if you might show up but, <laughs> but just funny stories about yeah. you know Gary threw one off the glass to Sean one time oh. and he went to pack it and missed it oh. and they both got pulled and it shows him sitting side by side out of the game <laughs> Carl was ready to kill him and Gary said I looked down at the cart to George and said if I get back in there I'm doing that S again I don't care I'm doing it again you know just it was just really entertaining and really funny if you're a Sonic okay, fan I, so
0: I, I, I definitely want to yeah. See that. All right. Yeah. John Wayne Bobbitt. You remember that name? Oh, sure. Unfortunately, sure. he's lost. Mike was looking for. Mike Tyson was looking for his mouthpiece against uh Buster Douglas. Yeah. John Wayne was looking for something else.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. I don't think we've got enough out of the fact that they were able to reattach that. That's do pretty need, amazing. Do we need to go
0: into it? Well, he's lost it's the Christmas edition.
1: He's lost another appendage. Unfortunately, he's. Oh lost yeah, toe. Two actually. Two toes. Yeah. With diabetes. It's not clear why he had to have one amputated, but the the first one was amputated, and that triggered the second one to be. I see. For some reason, so it's pretty gross. I don't know. I'll spare everyone, but okay, thank you for that. It's been a tough run for old John John Bobbitt. Did his did that lady did Lorena do any time? I don't remember. Did she go to jail? I mean, is she just out walking the? I mean, that was. I don't know. All right. Well, for those that don't remember,
0: I I, I can picture her. I think. Yeah,
1: that's pretty gruesome thing she did to someone. She did and i'm just wondering if she went away for it at all well but. we can
0: get try to get her on next yeah, unfiltered but that would not be a christmas edition
1: no and, and <laughs> god forbid you piss her off in the interview well, you don't want to do that she's so. there and i'm here <laughs> that's true all right vanessa bryant's mom is suing her daughter have you seen this yes, ugliness i have been
0: i've been paying attention yeah oh.
1: her mom says all i wanted all i wanted is what i worked for uh, Vanessa, despite everything that, that I've been promised and done for the family, she's basically claiming she took care of the kids like as a nanny for 20 years. And that Kobe
0: Bryant at one point said, we will take care of you for the rest of your life. And you can live in this and house. And now the daughter yeah. is now balking on that particular promise basically suggesting that her mom's just trying to get a financial
1: windfall so yeah we'll, fo- we'll keep following that ugliness yeah. as far as it goes rest in peace to jeremy bullock now you can go ahead and tune out for this but there are some people who might care
0: jeremy bullock
1: he's the actor who played boba fett in several star wars films he passed away that's a big thing for star wars nerds. i don't know who boba fett is yeah i know you don't know but he was the guy under the arm under the armor but not the voice himself and as as you know mitch levy um he also made a couple cameos without his boba fett mask in some star wars films so you, you've you want to tell everyone what those were real quick <laughs> no. he played lieutenant shekel in the empire strikes back and captain jermock colton in Revenge i don't know of the Sith, but I rest so. in
0: peace how old was he
1: 75 years old and it's there's a new show out called the mandalorian you probably heard about yeah my kids watch it right so that's a huge hit and it's it's about it's know, a
0: streamed cartoon or something or no am i wrong about that it's
1: not a cartoon
0: animated motion picture no, or no, something
1: it's live action
0: oh okay i thought yeah, it was yeah. animated
1: but it's about Boba Fett's people. I think I got this right. Called The Mandalorians. Yeah. And it was so popular. They were talking about making um, like a spinoff of just about Boba Fett. Mm. It sucks for him because he might have been involved in it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. All right. Mariah Carey's been going to Aspen for Christmas for a long time. You know, Mariah Carey. She does what she wants to do. But she's not flying this year. She's packing the kids up and taking an RV. To a- Can you picture Mariah Carey <laughs> in an RV? She's like the princess of all princesses. She's taking the kids in an RV. Um, I don't picture her emptying the shitter halfway across the country. <laughs> you know? you got to like <laughs> every Christmas vacation when Cousin oh. Eddie's out there. Shitter's full. I don't picture her doing that, but the, the one that she's renting oh. goes for about $150,000 oh, okay. a month. So it's a
0: nice RV. Uh,
1: yeah, sounds yeah. like a, a kind of a nice one for $150,000 yeah.
0: a month. It's the four seasons on wheels.
1: It is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this yeah. thing's probably going to be insane. So yeah, it's been said before. It's good to be Mariah. All right. Real estate mogul, Kurt Rappaport bought himself a Honus Wagner baseball card. Are you familiar with that? You're not. A- well,
0: I know that Honus Wagner baseball Ooh. cards are the ones. That's yeah. the, the most valuable baseball cards ever, ever ever printed, right? Most call it the Holy
1: Grail of cards. Yeah. And yeah. there's only about 60 in circulation. It's called the 1909 11 T206. No, I don't. Know. 3.7 know. million dollars he paid boy. for that baseball card. Jesus. Yeah. Second most expensive baseball card ever purchased behind a rare Mike Trout card. Ooh. Right. That sold for $3.9 back really? in August. I know. Isn't that Mike crazy? Trout card. Yeah, there's only 60 of got these. got that one. Yeah, I know. Go look. <laughs> Go look around. There's only 60 of these Honus Wagner things, but his is like in such great condition. That's why it, yeah. it went for so much. All right, we yeah. talked about the college football playoffs. I got the lines here if you care. Yeah, man. let's hear the lines. Alabama, a 19-point favorite. It's like, these are the best four teams in college football. And they're going to beat them by,
0: by four touchdowns.
1: <laughs> but, by the way. Does Alabama just put 50 on everyone? Yeah. It's, They're really good offense. No problemo, 50 yeah. points on Florida. But Florida put 50 on them, that's almost. A, that's another good point. Yeah. Like, are we supposed to be no, impressed Notre by- Dame doesn't have the
0: offense to do that. They don't have the firepower. I know that everybody likes their quarterback, but I, I can't see that Alabama doesn't win that game going away. But we have plenty of time to talk yeah. about that.
1: What's the line on Clemson-Ohio State? Have you seen it? I'll take it—no, okay. but I'll take a guess. Yes.
0: Clemson's a healthy favorite. I would say, uh, oh, sheesh. I'll go uh, seven and a half. The line is six and a half. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Who do you like in that one? Clemson. Yeah. Just a done deal.
0: No, I mean I think Ohio State's explosive, and I think Ohio State's got a really good quarterback. And but I again I don't I don't see Ohio State's defense stopping Clemson. Yeah. So I. I, I, I We're going to see Clemson, Alabama all over again, (laughs) which people are tired of, but I don't know. Once I get to that game, I'm tired of it too, but then once it starts to to creep up on us and I start thinking about... Trevor Lawrence against yeah. Alabama and Nick Saban. It's going to be fun, yeah. And, and, the, and the Alabama quarterback's going to win the Heisman Trophy and all their great wide receivers. I, I think I could probably get fired up for it yep. one more time. But that's it, though. Then I'm done.
1: <laughs> right. I said this a few years ago. <laughs> I'm right. done.
0: This is the last time. Until
1: January of 2021 or <laughs> 2022. I'll get, I'll get yeah. fired up again. That's right. right. Who's the favorite to win the playoff? Which team's favorite to win the playoff?
0: I would think Alabama.
1: You are correct. Four to seven. Clemson, Clemson second, Ohio State third. That's exactly right. Notre Dame. And yep. Notre Dame fourth. All right, last one. Yes. Are you ready? Yes. A Michigan couple will have to pay their 42-year-old son for destroying his massive pornography stash. Oh. A federal judge ruled. <laughs> this guy went to law school, and he's got <laughs> rule on shit like this. Makes me laugh. <laughs> a federal judge ruled in a case that included the filing of a 43-page inventory of the man's collection, which you're welcome to go find online. It's a PDF if you want to. <laughs> Every single thing is itemized. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll spare you all some of the names of the, of the titles. I appreciate that. In an opinion. Uh, it's the Christmas edition. Yes. It, oh, yeah. It's a great. In an, <laughs>
3: uh,
1: well, in an opinion issued last month, d- the judge granted a summary judgment in favor of David Working, who last year sued his parents, both of whom are 68, and he'll issue an opinion on damages after the parties make further submissions to the court. Unbelievable. So the guy divorced his wife. He moved in with his parents in 2016, bringing this entire collection with him. Of course he did. Of course he did right but after, she didn't get it
0: in the divorce no
1: nah, <laughs> she sure didn't after get tensions between <laughs> between david and his parents were running a little high he decided to go ahead and move from michigan to indiana he moved out of his parents house but he okay. left he left it behind okay and the parents say we told him not to bring that with him we we don't want that filth in our house of course not so they got rid of it they destroyed, destroyed it. They, it. it it's out yeah so uh according to police uh oh yeah so the mom says we knew that David has issues with pornography, so we got rid of it. The last thing you want to hear from your mom, right? Knowing that you have
0: issues <laughs> at forty two oh years my old. God.
1: <laughs> You're living at home and your mom knows you have an issue. Oh <laughs> uh, so anyway, it's about twenty five thousand dollars is what he's suing for. That's it. You don't want to it give that your to your mo- son? You write a check for twenty five grand for Videos and DVDs. Yeah,
0: but if you're going to sue, why are you suing your parents for twenty oh, dollars That's I know. all? 12 boxes in total. Oh, jeez.
1: Yeah. Um, full inventory was filed. Like I said, 428 VHS tapes. Oh, jeez.
0: 1,000. Isn't it all 000... available online now or no? Of course. You can't get, uh, yeah?
1: How about, uh, from what I heard, it's yeah. all online. <laughs> six hundred and five DVDs. Jesus. Yeah. His mom might be right. He might have a problem. Jeez. And, uh,
0: God, it must take you a long time to watch all that at 30 seconds a clip. I mean, how
1: much does one need to watch of one movie? I mean, I don't know. 30 seconds. Exactly. <laughs> Dozens of adult toys, so you can go look yeah. at the PDF for yourself if you want to see what okay. it is. All right, got it. That's it? Working. That's it? Yeah, Miss, Mr. Working. Um, Wait, are you... you, got, you got, oh, yeah, there's a couple more things I forgot uh, to get oh, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His fellow pornography aficionados, they've rallied to support him, and they claim that they're all pulling together for him. <laughs> After seeing the sort of collection this fella has, I'm really surprised his marriage didn't work out. Right? <laughs> I mean, God, what chance did that marriage have? The mom says the final straw was on movie night at home with her husband. Oh, jeez. When they accidentally watched On Golden Blonde. <laughs> eyes are what they used to be. Shining armor.
0: No Joe, Forget it. Norman.
1: And finally, I'm really surprised he didn't take this collection with him. You'd think that moving to Indiana, you'd never need it more, Uh. right? (laughs) I've never been to Indiana, but I assume it sucks. All right, that's all I got. Why do you assume it sucks? Yeah, I know. French lick? Yeah. Yes, exactly. I've seen French
0: lick in documentaries. Uh, A Merry Christmas to all. Thank you. So. We will be back in between Christmas and New Year's. We will do some peace shows somehow, some way. we got to do a Mr. Peace show. we got to do a tale of the tape for the Rams game. I mean, we cannot not do a tale of the tape for the Rams game That's this right. week. I don't know that we're going to do a, a full-blown P episode on new, on Christmas Eve and then release it on Christmas. But we'll do some stuff for patrons, for you non-patrons out there that won't hear our voices between now and next Monday. Thank you for your support. Right. Very much appreciative. Doesn't matter whether you're a patron or not. Kind of does. Doesn't matter if you're a patron because this is the Christmas edition. But I wish everybody a very, very merry, I know it's been a horrible year. Yeah. Let's go out strong. Be safe, though. Be safe. We don't need people dying, people getting sick. A uh, Merry Christmas, and we'll talk to you between now and the New Year's. Okay, Happy Holidays, to you and your
1: family as well. Thank. You. Well, yeah. it's already over.
0: Yeah, but you have a New Year's coming up. You know, yeah, yeah that's, that's you, a holiday. You can do that next week, you 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 were supposed to wish me last week. Oh, I was. So, yeah, over. Oh, yeah. Well, Hanukkah, Harry is he's bat, a, he's, hit the bricks. He's, he's hit the bricks. down to the South Pole. <laughs> okay, <good. He> just, <laughs> if if Santa gets sick, yeah, he's ready. He can fill in. He's ready. Oh, that's he's good in to the know. bullpen, but he's not expecting to work.
1: Well, I saw Fauci gave Santa the injection, so
0: I think I Santa's going to be okay. Yeah, we're good. I should be. That's it. (laughs) Episode 122 is in the books.